And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. And welcome to Flashback Fridays. I am your host, David K. Montoya. All right, kids, we are moving forward to the new year. Wow. I, what is it? It's uh, November 2nd. We've got this 2018 is almost finished. This is crazy to think how this year has just flown by. It, it's it's amazing how time flies. And I know it's an old adage that's been said so many times in the past. But it, it's so true, especially when you get older. It just seems like time flies. And you get older and older and older. All right, kids. Uh, if you don't know what goes on here on Flashback Fridays, we pull out the Wayback Machine. Dust that bad boy off. And we jump inside and we crank it up and we put it on mix. Kind of like how back in the day you put shuffle on your iPad. Kind of like that. Uh, but what we do here is we pull three shows from the JZO Modcast podcast archives. Um, typically recorded between 2012 to 2015. There is a few 2016s in there hidden. Um, and we pull them, we talk about what well, we, I'll read you what it says, and then uh, we'll listen to it. We'll listen to the whole show in its entirety. I, I won't interrupt. I just, I sat back, I turned down my mic, and I listened to the show with you. And then when the show's over, then I turn the mic back up, and then I speak and, and talk a little bit about what we just listened to. And then, like I said, we do this three times, and then after the third time, then we just wrap things up, and I send you on your merry way. And that typically is three hours of what I call pure audio entertainment um, that we give every Friday, right here on Flashback Fridays. Um, also, I'm, I'm going to put this out here while I'm thinking about a little extra business because I want to do themes. So is there any type of themed ideas that you guys can think of to for me to pull up? Um, because technically we're still in the process. We're still looking for a full-time uh, host for Flashback Fridays. And because I'm the owner, uh, i got to step in and, and fill the void so there's no missed episodes. So I'm just trying to kind of come up with ideas and make them entertaining. So what you can do is you can send me an email. It's flashback underscore Fridays at jayzomon, J-A-Y-Z-O-M-O-N.com. And tell me some ideas. So it's just not random all the time. I mean, I've, I've, we've had a few... <laughs> um ideas here in the last month or so but and i would like to keep it going okay 
So again, uh, send all your emails, inquiries, what have you, to flashback underscore Fridays at jayzomon, J-A-Y-Z-O-M-O-N dot com. And let me know what you think about the show and ideas for future episodes. Okay, we are hitting the four-minute mic, and I haven't even started the show. So let's see. Let's pull up the kind of like a bingo ball kind of roller thing here. See what we are. What kind of episode are we starting with? Okay, it is Tree Frog Exposé Cafe number 54, The Mystery Solved. Originally recorded, no, excuse me, originally released on April 30th, 2014. It says Reaper Rick is back for a final week of intrigue and enlightenment. In this farewell episode, Rick covers the Malaysia Airlines, uh, the plane clash. I don't remember that. And pieces together the events to make an educated guess to what happened exactly. Afterwards, Reaper talks a little bit about conspiracy theories and questions if the Knights Templar discovered America first. And um, it says here in bold, it says recorded one week before being hospitalized that forced him to retire from podcasting. We'll talk more about that after the show. So go ahead, sit back, relax, and enjoy Tree Frog Expose Cafe number 54, Mystery Solved. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Reaper Rick, and this is the Tree Frog Expose Cafe. I'm still sick this week. Still quite sick, actually. I may be making a lot of weird noises. I may have to jump up and disappear for a few minutes. <coughs> but some new information has come to light and I thought I needed to uh, go ahead and uh, podcast today regardless of how foul I feel. <coughs> so we're going to go back and uh, talk some more about conspiracy theories and specifically the uh, Asia Flight 370, which after nearly two months is still missing, and after nearly two months they have not found anything to indicate that plane crashed, but it's missing, and no one knows where it is. So... For a conspiracy theory, one needs people. And, uh, 
so many things happened with this, uh, this airplane that should not have happened, that, 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 that happened badly. Uh, but we do have information. <coughs> so I'm going to go without that. I'm going to go over some things. And we're going to actually uh, build upon potential ideas. Alright, so we know that flight uh, 370 left Guam before, and when they, when the pilots said goodnight to uh, Malaysia, air traffic control, that was it. That was all they heard. Uh, the plane was supposed to have been handed over to uh, Vietnamese air traffic control at that point, but never that never happened. Within two minutes, within two minutes of the pilots, or one of the pilots saying goodnight to uh, Malaysia traffic control, the uh, plane took a sharp left. Uh, <clears throat> that may not seem important, but Ordinarily, passenger jet, especially large passenger jet, <coughs> doesn't do anything sharply. If it's going to make a, a turn, it makes a banking turn. And, uh, it takes some time and distance to do that because a sharp turn is just not good for or the passengers. Not only did the plane make a sharp left turn, but all the transponders went out immediately. Gone. And they never they never came back on again. <coughs> so many, many potential theories have been expounded upon the uh, transponders went out and my sharp turn was made back toward Malaysia airspace. If, for instance, there had been a uh, fire, an electrical fire, uh, the transponders would have been turned off until at least the, uh, the location of the fire was discovered and hopefully put out. <clears throat> A sharp turn back toward Malaysian airspace would indicate something was wrong. Okay. Um, for the transponders to go out and the sharp turn to occur within seconds of each other would indicate 
yes, that something had happened. Something bad, but we don't know what it, what that was. Because after the turn, when the transponders went dark, the plane continued to fly at a level altitude and a constant speed, as if nothing had happened. So, ordinarily, if something bad had happened, the plane would have turned around and headed back toward the nearest airport to uh, land again and make sure that whatever happened wasn't terrible. But that didn't happen either. The plane continued on through Malaysian airspace out into the ocean on the other side and just continued to fly going totally the wrong direction since it was heading for Beijing initially now it was heading for nowhere out over the southern Indian Ocean now that night at the uh, Malaysia Tower airspace tower Whatever, whatever you call them. There was a young man who was pretty much inexperienced. And, well, he could see Malaysia Flight, flight 370 on, uh, on radar. It was not responding to any uh, calls. And it was not communicating. It was, there was no communication at all. Now, ordinarily, if this had taken place uh, over the United States or Australia or even China, for that matter, um, more than likely they would have sent up some fighter jets to check out the situation and find out why this plane was flying around um, technically in the dark. No transponders, no communication, no voicing, nothing. But that did not happen with Malaysia. So the plane kept going south, basically, until it stopped going. So why, why did that happen? So anyway, what the hell happened? Well, nobody knows. Absolutely nobody knows. However, we can, and I have, extrapolated from the information that is available. Uh, I might have uh, extrapolated way off the norm here, but, you know, it, it's no worse than, uh, you know, plane running into a black hole or uh, being sucked down by a zombie plane or some other bullshit. So, what we're going to do here is experiment a little bit, okay? We're going to take what we know happened and 
could have happened. Put them together and see maybe what happened. Alright, here we go. So, <coughs> we know that most of the passengers on board the plane were Chinese uh, businessmen, tourists, whatever, headed home from Kuala Lumpur uh, to China. Uh, China, of course, is a uh, growing business country. Many businesses are expanding there in China, and many businessmen are seeking uh, capital for their businesses. So let's assume, let us assume that someone, Chinese businessman, had business in Kuala. Where he went down and picked up capital for his business. And he picked up several million dollars worth of diamonds, let's say. Uh, diamonds are easy to transport. Uh, you can get a lot of diamonds in a small container. And they're worth a lot of money. So... If he had three or four million dollars in diamonds, let's say, they would take up a very small uh, amount of space. And if he could uh, somehow get them on the plane without uh, setting off a alarm system or something, Say he has a metal jug or uh, you know one of those uh, uh, fifth or what do you call them pint things you stick near your hip pocket a flask. There you go. Anyway, you could put a lot of diamonds in a small a small area, and he could take these back to China and. make money on the sale. Okay, so this guy has diamonds. Right, we know that two Iranian uh, well, two guys from Arania, Irania, two guys from Iran, hello, two guys from Iran boarded the plane with forged passports in Kuala Lumpur. Why did they do that? What was the point of their forged passports? Well, we don't know. We don't know. However, going to use them <clears throat> as bad guys in this, this scenario. Alright, so here we are. We got a plane full of people took off from Kuala Lumpur. Crosses out of Malaysia airspace and suddenly everything goes to shit. Why did that happen? Well, let's just assume again that the our friends, the Iranians, hijacked the airplane. Okay? 
not that big a stretch. Um, turn the plane around and had it fly into the uh, ocean, the southern, uh, what do you call it there, down there, the Indian Ocean. Just had it flying at 35,000 feet, 38,000 feet. Um, and they were fine with that, okay. Um, unfortunately, they would have to kill the pilot and the co-pilot because they would not want uh, anyone to be able to notify the authorities, let them know what was happening. Uh, we can assume that the uh, radio was shot up or busted up or whatever, so you got two dead pilots and no way of communication with the ground. <clears throat> well, then the guys have to track down the uh, uh, Chinese businessman and have him give up the diamonds, but they've got hours in which to do this, so I'm sure they were able to handle that without too much difficulty. Uh, diamonds were probably insured anyway, so he didn't, he didn't care. So they divide up the diamonds, put them each into two pouches. They duct tape the pouches to their inner thighs, okay? Uh, in the meantime, the plane is still flying south. And the Iranians are just about ready to make their departure. So here's where things might become a little bit weird, but all in all, it's no weirder or weird than anything else that's gone on with this whole story so far. So, using GPS, the Iranians have been tracking a trawler. Southern Indian Ocean, which is you know, completely normal. I mean, there are fishing ships out there, ships that fish. <coughs> so, when they get to the point where the uh, ship is uh, available to them, let's say. Um, they drop the plane down to 8,000 feet in a gentle glide. <coughs> and then they, then they dump the excess fuel, which uh, planes do all the time when they're uh, going to be, you know, crash landing or whatever. Um, They announced to the passengers that the plane will be landing in 20 minutes. They uh, put the plane in a gentle glide. And then they bail out. <coughs> Zodiacs have been launched from the trawler to pick up the Iranians. Uh, which they do. 
the ship, I mean, the airplane continues on a gentle glide down toward the ocean until it runs out of gas and then hits the water. So, big question is if a airplane crashes in the ocean and there's no one there to hear it, does it actually make a noise? Matters not at this point, I suppose. The Iranians are picked up by the trawler and the trawler heads off to whatever port it needs to uh, stop off at. Stop off to wherever they're going. <coughs> and in case anyone uh, is curious, Iran is still trying to uh, get their nuclear productivity up to where they want it and of course a few million dollars in diamonds wouldn't hurt and it's just it's just a uh, it's just a thought couldn't be any worse than uh, some of the other theories that are out there so we have Everything is explained, basically. You know, plane goes down. Now we know why. Potentially. In the meantime, um, the surface search of the ocean has been called off because after two months, <clears throat> At this point, if there is any debris, or was ever any debris, it has either sunk into the ocean or has drifted so far away from the actual, uh, from the initial crash site that it would be almost impossible to figure out where that site was. What they are still doing, however, is working on locating <coughs> the black boxes, which they believe they heard pinging a month ago. And so now the search has moved underwater And they're looking in the area, the general area, where the pings were heard, although the pings were heard at three varying distances from each other. You'd think that it might have been a little bit closer, but regardless, uh, I think they only have one or two... Uh, really good pinger hunters down there underwater looking for wreckage at this point, but um, the new search should run, or this aspect of the new search should run $56 million, and the government of uh, Malaysia 
has said that they will continue to search until they find something, some answer. So, there you go. <clears throat> that would be the update as far as information goes at this point, anyway. But, Well, we never, we may know, we may never know, may, 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 may never know what happened to it, because they may never find it, but someday, perhaps, yes, yes, of course, conspiracy theories are much more interesting when they've had a chance to age and ferment. Um, in 1307, the King of France decided to arrest and disband the Knights Templar because he owed them a whole bunch of money and he didn't want to pay him back. So, on October... Well, on Friday the 13th, in October of that year, he had his men arrest as many of the Knight Templar leaders as they could get hold of and seize their property. <clears throat> he also commanded his people to torture the Knights Templar and obtain the confessions regarding treason and blasphemy so that the crown could confiscate all of their holdings and he could get back some of the money that uh, he owed them. Uh, he also asked neighboring countries to participate in this as well, but uh, Spain, Portugal, and several smaller countries did not. <clears throat> The Knights Templar had been around for a long time, and they had a lot of friends, so they were forewarned. At least everywhere, except France. And they were able to pretty much get away. Although, in France, they captured, tortured, and killed a number of high-ranking officials. But when the uh, king's men went down to the docks to seize the Templar treasure boats, <coughs> treasure fleet, as it was called, they had some 18 ships loaded with treasure. When they got there the next morning, all the ships were gone disappeared and were never seen or heard from again. Um, actually, nobody knows where they went. But uh, the general consensus is they went north and uh, to Scotland and uh, the uh, uh, Norwegian lands, Norwegian lands. 
Um, and after being in Scotland for a few years, they uh, took some of their treasure and headed west. And those are my birds. Say hello. Um, so they knew that there was land out west and they knew that uh, it was pretty much open land and they, the Templars were hoping to set up their own religion and uh, their lives again in America. And this is still, don't forget, in the 1300s, so America had not even been discovered yet, according to European uh, history. But, turns out that since Portugal was one of the countries which uh, did not arrest the Templars in 1492, when uh, Portugal sent Christopher Columbus west to try to find a uh, bridge to the New World, they believe that they sent Templar navigators with them. And all three of his ships, all three of Christopher's ships, emblazoned the red Templar cross on their sails. Uh, of course, by 1492, Templars fucking well knew where America was because they'd already been there for a hundred years or more. <coughs> However, were they, did they really get there? Well, turns out, in case any of you were paying attention a year or so ago, and I, apparently, as I think it's still on, there's, there's a, a show on Discovery called America Unearthed, wherein uh, Scott Walter, who is a forensic geologist, travels all over America looking for signs that Europeans were in the Americas long before Columbus got here. Uh, while that sounds like a far-fetched scheme, he's actually come across a number of places especially along the East Coast, where it would appear that Templars, if not somebody else, had arrived and set up shop along the coastline and in, and in the interior. <coughs> He's written several books on, on the subject. And he has discovered at least one uh, curious item uh, called the Hooked X uh, in the uh, rune writings of the, the period. And he's researched this and he feels that 
the Templars may have brought Holy Grail to America. You know, uh, the Templars originally uh, were guardians, basically, of uh, Jerusalem, and they, they would protect pilgrims who were uh, going to Jerusalem to uh, pray with hands, whatever they did there. But they spent a lot of time uh, digging around, being archaeologists, and of course, no one knows what they found while they were doing all this digging under, um, uh, well, under a lot of the famous religious sites there in Jerusalem. But they brought back an enormous amount of stuff with them from Jerusalem. And when they returned from the Crusades, they became even more powerful. They became businessmen and bankers, and they owned a good portion of Europe by the time uh, uh, they were disbanded in 1307. I mean, they had 18 fucking giant ships full of treasure. That's a pretty good deal. <laughs> and they were smart enough not to keep the treasure on land. They had them on ships ready to go at a moment's notice. And they, when they found out they needed to go, they went. Um, at any rate, there are a number of places uh, in the United States where Templars were thought to have lived and brought treasure with them. Among them is uh, the uh, Money Pit on Oak Island in Nova Scotia. I'm sure many of you have heard about that, where people keep digging down into this hole in the ground and uh, that keeps filling up with water. But there are other places, too. And <clears throat> the Hooked X is uh, prominent in a number of these areas. And Walter believes the Hooked X is a symbol for the Holy Grail. Now, the X rune itself stands for gift. But uh, more so than that, it stands for sacrifice, sacred marriage. It governs sex magic, mystical unions, and sacred and the sacred order of marriage. <clears throat> what better uh, room to? Uh, signify um holy crap it's gone there's just this blank space in my head holy grail bang there it is okay back on track here yes indeed what better rune to indicate the holy grail um 
many people believe that when uh, Christmas, the word Christmas is abbreviated with Xmas, you know, the X is the uh, X rune, Gabo. But uh, <coughs> in the hooked X, there is a tiny hook at the upper right branch of the room. And Walter believes that when using that hooked X, the Templars and anyone else who knew about the Holy Grail and what it stood for was indicating that that's that, that they knew that I was I was they were insiders basically in what was going on. Um, one of the largest pieces of runeology, I guess, that has ever ever been found in the United States was uh, in the bay. I can't remember the name of it now. It doesn't really matter because it's gone. Uh, uh, of Rhode Island, uh, when when the, the this large, heavy heavy stone was initially carved with the uh, the rune stone with the rune marks on it, um, it was uh, above the waterline. But over the over hundreds of years. Uh, it was only visible at low tide, and uh, we've seen it on on TV, on America on Earth, and other television shows like that. So we know it existed. But last year, somebody went out there with great big earth moving equipment and ripped this fucking rock out of the ground and took it away, stole it, ripped it off. It's gone, disappeared. And, and, you know, no one knows who did it or why, but... <coughs> the conspiracy theories abound, let's say. Uh, because it was such an important piece of uh, work. And it was an important piece of history to indicate that, yes... Templars probably had arrived there. They marked the rock so others who followed after them would know that they were there. And they moved down the coast. There are other places along the coast where uh, things have been left, built, carvings have been made that are almost exclusively Templar, at any rate. <coughs> this is cool. I mean, if you are a history nut like, like myself, and, I mean, I, I have no... Uh, relig the, the religious aspect of this has no bearing on it, as far as I'm concerned. You know, I don't care whether the Holy Grail means that Christ was a, was a father, that he had children, that it was the last cup that he used, 
at the Last Supper or whatever. The point is, it's history, and it could explain a lot about, you know, what's going on in the world today. And we know so little about our own our own history because, well. Let's face it: the people who are in charge make the history, and if they don't want you to know shit, you don't know shit. But <clears throat>、uh, I unfortunately don't have access to、uh, cable TV anymore. So anyway, if anyone's out there watching and you, know, you come across America Unearthed, check out an issue. Or Jesus Christ, excuse me. Check out an issue or two for me. Because we are going to、uh, talk about this some more. This is something I find really, really, really fascinating, and it, it has never been covered well in in American history. I don't know why people don't want to admit that. Well, yeah, okay, you know, 300 years before. Or a hundred years before Columbus got here, the Templars were here and they built shit and they、uh, they hid shit and they were doing all kinds of shit all over the place. I think it's important that we know that. So I'm going to talk about it some more as soon as I get my breath back, <coughs> which will probably be next week. Okay. Okay. Julio,、uh, thanks again for listening.、Uh, I'm glad that I'm still able to talk a little bit. Uh, we will continue this next time. Remember, the hookadex must mean something. Good night, everyone. All right, kids. That was good. That was good. You could tell in his voice that he wasn't feeling well.、Um, what had happened was、um, he okay? Terry Shearer, aka Reaper Rick, I've known him. I knew him. He's no longer with us、um, for many, many, many years. And he, he is. He had been battling. When when I first met him, it was just high blood pressure and diabetes. And then、uh, I want to say three years after meeting him, he learns that he's had、um, prostate cancer. So. You know he he battled those three plus multiple other things that he had issues with, and、um, what had happened was is that he he had a, a stroke after this episode, so you could kind of hear it in his voice something was wrong, and it was because of his high blood pressure and diabetes. Um, that caused him to have a stroke, and he couldn't talk no more. So that's what forced him out of、uh, podcasting because he was a great podcaster, and unfortunately, he had passed away、um, the following year in February,、uh, February two thousand sixteen, and、uh, it, it's a sad note to to walk away from this particular episode, but. That's kind of the nice thing about podcasts and the archive and having Flashback Fridays is that these people, their voices, their ideas, their thoughts, will last forever because they're digitized and on the World Wide Web for free for free consumption. So 
that's always, you know, a benefit. He'll always be around. All right, kids, I'm sorry. That was a little de and a little deeper than what we usually go into on Flashback Fridays. But, you know, it, it is what it is. So, let's see. I see a blue tab. What's a blue tab? Blue tab is what we think Oscar talk. Oh, how do I remember this? It's been four years ago. I remember it. It says, uh, released March 1st, 2014. We're back. Sadie and Dave return to the airways with talk a little about the winter, winter Olympic. And then they get into the 2014 Oscar movie talk as they cover the nominees for several categories. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was, where was it? Was it? I'm trying to remember. Where was the, was it, it was in China. That's where it was at. I couldn't remember. Uh, Winter Olympics was in China and they, they really, I think it was China. We'll have to sit and listen and find out together. I think it was China. And then we talk about the, the Oscars. You know, interesting enough, I think I think that's the last the last year I actually watched the Oscars. Okay, let's go ahead and push play on this and find out what we have to say about what we think oscar talk special it's monday night so let's find out what the fuck we think <laughs> i think i'm gonna keep that <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> i'm david k montoya <laughs> and i'm Sadie burbank we are here in fabulous southern california and just in time for the oscars only miles away from the red carpet yes you and your Armani Tux and me and my Harry Winstons and we're on the red carpet because Oscars are just about to take place and we're all excited about that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> no, we are. We're excited about that. Well, yeah. Yeah. Actually, this is the second time we're doing this show because <laughs> 10 minutes into the show, the baby started screaming and we had to cut it. And then we found out that my mic we, wasn't were, recording. we were having echo issues anyhow. Which we didn't know, and if the baby hadn't screamed, we would never have known it. We would have fucked up the whole show. And that would have pissed See, everything. Off. Oh, yeah, me too. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah, we were only like maybe 10, ten yeah. minutes into it. it was all nonsense that could easily be repeated. <laughs> right. Yeah. And Very then good. we jumped into the Olympics. We did. And we were talking about... No pun intended. Yes. <laughs> and we were talking about how we have friends up in Canada, and, and we had an ongoing bet with the... You know, with the the hockey because you yeah. know USA faced Canada and, right. and we had to put the stakes out there. You yeah. know, and uh, what it was was loser takes Justin Bieber. Yeah, unfortunately, so we I guess him. we're taking Justin mm. Bieber for the duration. Mm. Well, but at least we have him in a cage. Is or is he still in jail? Did he bail out? I'm sure he did. Oh yeah, probably they wouldn't have kept him without bail. And God knows he's got more money than God, so he could probably bail out no matter what they said his bail was. Um, I mean, he probably didn't even have to go to get a bondsman. He just probably whipped out his wallet and said, yeah, what do you want? You know. <laughs> really? Um, 
And then you were talking about the closing ceremony. Closing ceremonies were spectacular, as uh, as spectacular, I think, in their own right, as were the opening ceremonies. If you get a chance, go to, uh, what did I say? YouTube. YouTube. And check them out. They did some terrific graphics. They did, they did this thing where they had like, like glitter and, uh, you know, confetti and stuff falling. Um, and the guy, even the, the commentator had said, gee, that's hard to believe this isn't really real. And I didn't catch on what he was talking about. And I said something about the glitter went past this guy's face. My husband says, no, that isn't real. And I said, yeah, it is. And he goes, no, look at the floor. There's nothing building up on the floor, you know, like it would if it was real confetti, you know. Um, and anyhow, it's still hard to believe that it wasn't real. I mean, seriously, if you watch it, and we were looking at it at our big sc- on our big screen, and I was real focused on it anyhow because it was so pretty. Uh, but darn, it looked... Real? Yeah. Yeah, it did. It looked very real. Uh, but it was, I think it was every bit as spectacular as Beijing. And Beijing was impressive. It was also cost more. Right. They spent, they spent quite a bit more than Beijing did. But, um, I think it was, I think it was worth it. I think it, it put the artistic, um, expressionism, if you will, of Russia back into the the minds of the observers. Right. And, you know, it's important that we think of countries as having the artistic expressive side as well as um, anything else we may think about other countries. You right. Know, we tend to think that they're either uh we are at war with them. We were at war with them. We're going to be at war with them, you know, <laughs> at some point in time. Right. And so I think it's important to look at, at all aspects of another country and see if they have, um, you know, <clears throat> if they make contributions to their world and the world. Right. In, in other areas as well as war, you know, or just plain, um, bad manners as far as humanity is concerned. So well, <laughs> it was, it was good. It was, um, it was impressive. It was very, very impressive. Ernie loved it. We both loved it. You know, I recorded it. I still have it recorded because I may go back and look at that again and see if there really was CG and not <laughs> real. Cause I, I'm telling you, it was looking like it was real and it was, and they did the thing with the floor again, you know, where it changed and became part of the story and visually and, right. and all of that. It was, it was, it was it was very good, very good. So uh, and we enjoyed the um, efforts of the participants in in the Olympics, all of them. Um, they put on some pretty spectacular work. The 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 sports. The, what do I want to say? The competitors. The, the athletes. The ath- Thank you. Jesus, I'm having a word issue problem this morning. This tonight. See, I don't even know whether it's night or morning. Um, I may be tired. I don't know. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, the athletes really, uh, for the most part, gave their all. Victor Ahn, I hadn't mentioned the first time we had this little conversation, conversation uh, that we had to throw away. Uh, Victor Ahn, who is South Korean, uh-huh. 
was a skater, not doing too well in the last Winter Olympics, and wanted to do better, but he was losing support. <clears throat> Excuse me, like financial support. Okay. And all that that they need, you know, it's it's not just a matter of somebody going, oh, well, that guy's like really, really good at racing, so let's have him be in the Olympics. It's a whole political thing. Oh, yeah. And so he, I don't know whether they contacted him or he contacted them, but whichever the case, he wound up actually moving to Russia, learning Russian, getting a Russian citizenship, changed his name. He's now Victor On instead of An Su Lee or whatever the hell his right. name was. And my apologies to the Koreans, South Koreans. I I <clears throat> just picked that out of my hat because I'm not real sure what his name was. Okay, and that sort of sounded South Korean to me. Um, anyhow, he um, he's a spectacular small. What do they call that? Short rink racer. That's not what they call it. Um, but anyhow, those of you that know what the sport is will know, and those of you who don't won't give a shit. So it's okay. Um, anyhow, he's really, really good. And he's, he's, it doesn't matter whether he starts out in front or behind at the right. end. He wins every time. He won every gold there was to win. Wow. He tied, uh, Apollo Ono for most golds won in his sport. And then he also got most, I think he got mo another, he got another most golds for something else too, but I forget what it was. Anyhow, he, um, he's cute. He's got like orange hair, kind of like mine. Um, <laughs> and I noticed he was wearing a ring on the wedding finger. So I don't know if he's married or, uh, otherwise obligated to someone or what. Right. But in any case, he's, um, he was a thrill to watch. He's, <laughs> you just know when he gets on the ice, he is going to win. There was no question every time that, and it didn't matter whether it was a relay or, uh, just a regular race right. or what. It didn't matter. He was in it to win it and he did every time. It was spectacular to watch him. What was his name again? Victor On. On. A H N. Oh, okay. Like Jaden's doctor. Uh huh. Okay. And the victor is with a K, <clears throat> V-I-K-T-O-R. He chose that name when he uh, took his Russian citizenship because it meant victorious. Right. And he thought it was appropriate. I think it was. And he was just something else to watch. It was kind of like watching Apollo Ono again, except it was even better. Right. No, <laughs> not to slight Apollo, but, I mean, it was really good. And speaking of Apollo, he did a hell of a job as a commentator. He was one of the commentators for, um, for at least for the racing, uh, skating racing, and maybe even for other stuff. It's hard to tell sometimes who's, who's doing what? the various commentating. Uh -huh. uh, he was very, very professional, very informative. Uh, it was perfect. He was perfect. It's like he was destined for that. Right. As was Tara Lipinski and, um, oh, I forget the name of the guy that was with her, Johnny. Weir. Johnny Weir. I'm pretty sure that was it. Um, they were great. They were great together, too. They did the ice skating, dancing and ice skating and stuff. Okay. And uh, that's a whole other thing. But anyhow, it was very enjoyable, entertaining. It was only 17 days. Flew by, you know. And then they had a recap show today, and Ernie came uh, out while I was cooking breakfast, and he said, Oh, is the Olympics 
on again or what? You know, and I go, no, it's sort of like a recap for the addicted. <laughs> and it was, it was like all day long. They went through almost everything they could, highlights and everything again, you know, so that we could sort of wean ourselves off. Right. But, you know, you spend 17 days watching uh, the Olympics. You kind of expect to be able to, on the 19th day, turn it on and it'll be there. And no, it's not. So next uh, Winter Olympics will be in South Korea. Okay. And um, so there you go. It'll be interesting to see. There was a young lady skating on the American team. Her first name is Polina. Sorry, I can't remember her last name. There was also a young lady on the Russian team, also 15 years of age. Her name was Yulia Lipinskaya or something close to that. My Russian sucks. Um, anyhow, they both, oh, Edmonds, Polina Edmonds was the American girl. Good save. <laughs> Amazing, all things considered. Uh, anyhow, uh, they both, uh, have demonstrated terrific skill, um, and beauty on the ice, and it'll be wonderful to see what they do in four more years when they've got experience under their belt and, you know, nerves kind of got the best of them. Right. Well, they've gotten uh, their babies too, you know. Yeah, I know they are, but Tara Lipinski was a baby too, and she took the gold. But um, she had something they didn't have. I don't know what. Um, it's funny to me. It seems like if I could do what they could do, uh-huh. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd be afraid to do it. But I'm old too. Not much scares me anymore. <laughs> when you're 15, it's a whole different thing. Yeah. You know, everything scares you. And in the case of the young Russian girl, she had a lot on her shoulders because by the time she skated, the Russian hockey team had kind of gone down the toilet. Uh, nobody had had nobody in the, on the Russian teams of any kind had any goals at all. So she had all the pressure of not only succeeding for herself in her sport, but for the country. Right. You know, and it was like, damn, why don't we pile some more shit on this poor kid's shoulders, you know? But she's really cute. Um, kind of like Oksana Bayul. I don't say that very well. Oksana, Oksana Bayul. Yeah, I still can't say very well. But anyhow, like her, sort of, in, in so far as the cuteness thing and the skill level is concerned. Oksana was a little less intimidated by everything than this young lady. But uh, she's going to be hot in four years, too. So it'll be kind of fun to see how they do. And Gracie Gold was good. She was another American skater who was... Um, the the hype for her had been uh, possibly a little ambitious. Right. She's only 18. This was her first Olympics, too, 18 or possibly 19. And so she had, um, she didn't do as well as she has done Okay. when the pressure wasn't there. So it would have been nice had she been able to pull it off. But again, in four years, she'll have much more experience under her belt. She'll be a little calmer, hopefully, and be able to uh, to do a far better job. As you know, I mean, as it was, she did okay. She got bronze, so let's not cry for her. But, no, absolutely. You know, still, she was aiming for gold. You know, um, and the woman who got gold in the in the skating was, as far as I'm concerned, was perfect. <clears throat> the The choice for her to to receive the gold was perfect. She was Russian. Uh-huh. Adelina is her first name. I cannot remember her last name. Um, and then the young lady from South Korea, Kim something, Kim Yu- Yuan, I think, or something like that. I'm sorry, I can't 
Hello. Anyway, um, she was supposed to be like, oh, yeah, she'll get it for sure. Didn't turn out that way. Um, her program was good. She skated a flawless program, but she didn't have the heart that the Russian skater had. Uh. And that actually translates on the ice. If they just get out there and they do it because, yes, do okay, here I'm doing a triple toe loop or whatever the hell, um, it, it, you get that. And if the if somebody comes out and just you know pours their heart out on the ice, uh, with you know their connection with the music and the audience and everything else and the moves that they're doing, you pick that up too. The Russian girl did it. She just oh, and she was only seventeen. She was spectacular, just spectacular. Anyhow, we really really enjoyed it. We, you know, we liked the Olympics. We liked. Now, when is the Summer Olympics? What? Well, Lacey and I were talking about that on the way to the gym. I think what they do is they do everybody every four years. Like, right. we know that the Winter Olympics are going to be in four years in South Korea. Right. And I think what they do then is with the Summer Olympics, it's every four years also. In between. But they alternated them so that in two years we're going to see the Summer Olympics in Rio. Right. And, and then it'll be two more years to the next Winter Olympics in South Korea. So they, what's the term I want? Where they, they, they stagger their schedules so right, that right. every two years there's an Olympics going on, but one time it's winter and one time it's summer. Right. So they're actually four years between the, the performances that the Winter Olympics people put on and four years between the performances that the Summer Olympics people put on. Right. But it seems like two years because every two years there's an Olympics. I think that's how it works. That makes sense. So 2016. Sounds good, doesn't it? Yes. It sounds like I know just exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Speaking of sounding good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, you know when you're a, a performer, as a performer, you, you know when your trouble, or your career's in, in definite trouble. Mm-hmm. When you go to your child for career advice. <laughs> and what's worse than that is when you go to your child for career advice and your child is Miley Cyrus. <laughs> now, Somebody I, I, did that? Huh? Her he, dad. He did that? Yeah, Billy Ray. Oh, my God. Well, did she? Let me see. The first thing she probably told him was lose your clothes <laughs> and get a ball. Oh no, he has two already. So yes, yeah. that wouldn't work. Well, anyway. uh, she she pretty much told him just to to don't don't be the norm. Well, of course she told him that. That's her thing. So he followed her advice. Oh dear. And unfortunately, I have oh dear the results of this. Oh dear. Mister Cyrus has just released. Achy Breaky Heart 2. This no. is not a joke. This no. is not a joke. No. And Achy Breaky Heart 2 is no. mixed with, I can't think of his name, forgive me for the rapper's name, but they are going, now, you listen to it, and then we'll talk about okay. it. Okay. Because. I really have to do this, huh? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Already I'm less than confident. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Larry King, and I apologize for bringing you this startling information this evening, but there is some late-breaking news that I thought I should make you aware of. It's been verified that there has been an unidentified flying object seen transcending over Europe, last tracked by the United States Air Force. It's traveling at a rate of over 35,000 miles an hour. It's just seen hovering over Daniel Boone National Forest in eastern Kentucky, home of the greatest ever Muhammad Ali, a.k.a. Cassius Clay. I know, folks, this is... You can tell by the look on my face. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to take that. I don't. I. It seems to me that if a person's career, a person who's got a career in this type of field... Okay, right, a musician. Yeah, to be specific. If a person's career is so going down the tubes that he has to go back to... 20 years or more and and reprise an old 
what was then a nauseating hit. I was going to say that sucked anyway. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you heard it everywhere you went. It just, it was one of those things. It was like, um, what's that song I I hate so much? Um, what? It was by recent? America. Oh, Jesus, what was that song? Well, anyhow, there was a song that just played so much that I thought I will I will strangle the next person <laughs> that that makes me have to listen to it. Achy Breaky's right in there, okay? But if you got to go back that far to to rev up your current career, right? And then go to the point of of and I, you know, I can see trying to change it up a little bit. I got, you know, there's that's fine, but I. Uh, you know, to be completely honest with you, yeah. I think I would have preferred it if the rapper just studied himself. I felt to me it could have been it could have been fine that way. Yeah, as a piece of rap music, could have been great actually, because for one thing, we wouldn't have to listen to the music, right. okay, which sucked, and then as. Uh, I don't li- I don't watch music videos. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. I just you know I don't. Um, so it none of it appealed to me. Well, it didn't make sense with the song either. Well, it didn't, but it didn't appeal to me. A. I'm a girl. Okay. Right. So I'm not too hot on watching women shake their asses. I mean, it's okay, and I can kind of get off on it a little bit if i have to but i mean really well and the funny thing is and they were all twerking yeah that was the funny thing yeah well that's pretty much what i meant by shaking their asses and plus they had those those strip costumes what the fuck was that and little strips of material they couldn't afford a whole dress i guess i don't know that's so stupid but i you know i i don't know plus they had it was a mod look what, yes. what we called in the 60s, 50s and 60s and 70s, a mod look with the hair and the costumes and all that right. kind of stuff. And then the rap, rapper, who was that, by the way? I don't know his name. Now, what you know, CeeLo Green could have been good in that. I like CeeLo. Do you? Yeah, I do. He's very talented. Very, very talented. love his voice. I like to watch him rap. He's fun. Uh, he could have he maybe pulled that off alone. Okay. Right. But dad needs to go home. I'm sorry. <clears throat> and, Get and a haircut, go yeah. home, and retire. And uh, I don't know. Like I said, I, I think that – and I I felt, even though he's the quote-unquote quote, quote unquote, creator of the song, I felt that he's the one who drug it down. I really do. I, I think that – if it was just a solo gig with the rapper, I think it would have been more entertaining. And yeah, um, if he he could have let somebody else do it. If he just wants to, to make some money, okay. There's other ways for him to extend his career, right? Without getting in front of the the microphone. He never really had that much talent in the first place, <laughs> in my opinion. I'm sorry. I'm a big country western fan. Right. I really am. I know lots of country western singers that I really, really, really like. Okay? And they're very talented. I don't necessarily put him into that classification. <laughs> so, you know, he had three strikes against him when he started. Right. 
and then to turn around and ask his daughter what her opinion was, what did he expect her to say? I don't know. Gee, Dad, let me think. Why don't you sit down in a rocking chair? I mean, what, you know, what's she going to say? She's only going to give him uh, a snippet of her experience, and this is her experience. Take off your clothes, climb on something, and swing it. And that's pretty much what the video was, essentially. Pretty much. Pretty much. Obviously, he listened to her advice. Not a good idea, Dad. Not a good idea. No. Give it up. If he is, if he needs the money, if he is the victim of poor planning, because there was a time when he was making it fist over tea kettle. Right. And if he's the victim of poor planning, then I can understand him trying to, you know, get back into the field and get something going. But he should be, like, uh, behind the the mic, so to speak, not in front of, you know? I mean... Be a producer. Be a, a director. Be a, a if he thinks he can write music, write some music. Get somebody else to perform it. You know, there's lots of ways to keep his foot in the door, so to speak. Right. I don't think this is the best choice. It's um, that's just me. Well, I think you hit the the nail on the head. You know, it's it's nothing new. It's nothing fresh. No, it and isn't. when you start regurgitating old material or copying other artists, you know, yeah. his daughter is considered an artist. Like I told you once, um, Ellen DeGeneres thinks she's one of the smartest people in the industry and very talented. Those are her words, not mine. Right. <laughs> That's what she says. I, I, I trust her enough that I trust her opinion over mine. Right. My personal preference is aside. Okay, if if she really if Ellen really believes this young lady is that talented, then maybe she is. I don't know. I'm no expert on talent. I just, you know, it's like the guy says about art, you know, I don't know anything about art, but I know what I like. Exactly. I do know a little about music, but also I know what I like. I know what I don't like. I haven't found it in her yet that <laughs> no. I like, you know. All right, kids, what we're going to do is we're going to cut this right here. Nipping the bud, as it were. We're running on a brand new system. This is the very first time we've used the system for recording. And I'm just a little leery because it's brand new. I don't want to get, you know, the whole show all the way in. And then find out we missed something. So you're going to play it back a little bit? So I'm going to play it back, Uh and then we'll pick back up. And when we come back, well, here, where we're going to stop, we're going to put the commercial right there. Okay. And then when we come back, we're going to start our Oscars talk. Oscar show. See, those commercials weren't that hideous. No. Well, and plus, if you've been listening long enough, you could probably quote them line by line. I know I, mean, I need we, to. We should change up the commercial. I know. It's, it's, it's been a year now. Yeah. It's like, and our, yeah, we should do that. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to What We Think Oscar Talk. Hmm. I am your host, David K. Montoya. I am S.C. Burbank. And, and we're on the red carpet. Yes. Our own little red carpet. Well, actually, it's not red. It, we can it's, pretend it's red. We'll pretend it's red. We'll pretend we're in our uh, best outfits, uh, which actually, for the moment, we are. <laughs> 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 I was saying, you know, I'm in my Harry Winston's and you're in your Arm- Armani, Armani uh, whatever. My Jimmy Choo's. <laughs> no. You know, I couldn't put a Jimmy Choo on my foot if it, if my life depended on it. But anyhow, 
Uh, this is because Oscar night is Sunday night. Which is going to be tomorrow. Which is going to be tomorrow by the time y'all hear this. And so we <laughs> thought, a long time back, we thought, I thought, and David agreed, it would be fun to do an Oscar show. Yes. Talk about what little we know about the movie industry. Uh, like all the arts. We're not real proficient in them, but we know what we like. Yes. So, and we'll tell you what we think. Now, I what I did in preparation for this show tonight was uh-huh. I downloaded the, all the nominees. Oh, okay. Okay. And we can talk and about And then them. I also downloaded uh, my faves, my, my movie faves, not necessarily the ones that are nominated. Right. My all-time <clears throat> movie faves. My favorite performances by male actor, favorite performances by female actor, most inappropriately overlooked by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, and like, my own personal Raspberry Award. So that's what we have to look forward to. All right. So mm, let's see. Should we start with the nominees? Let's start with the nominees. Okay. Um, let's go to uh, – I'm going to skip around here because – they actually start with the leading male actor, and I want to skip to the best picture. Okay. Best picture nominees are in no particular order. Well, actually, it looks like they may be in alphabetical order, but other than that, none. American Hustle okay. with Charles Roven, Richard Suckle, Megan Ellison, and Jonathan Gordon, producers. Okay. Apparently. Captain Phillips, Scott Rudin, Dana Brunetti, and Michael DeLuca, producers. Dallas Buyers Club, Robbie Brenner, and Rachel Winter, producers. Gravity, Alfonso Coron, I hope. Alfonso. <laughs> See? And David Heyman, or Hyman, uh, producers. Her, Megan Ellison, Spike Jones. And I noticed he's put a Z in there now for his name. Oh, really? Yeah, he's changed the spelling of his name from Jones to Jones. It's cute. And Vincent Landay, producers. Nebraska, Albert Berger, and Ron Yerksa, Y-E-R-X-A. You try it. Uh, Producers. Bob. Bob, No, Ron, actually. (laughs) Philomena, Gabrielle Tana. Stephen Coogan and Tracy Seward, producers. Twelve Years a Slave, Brad Pitt, Dee Dee Gardner, Jeremy Kleiner, Steve McQueen, not the Steve McQueen, right, right, another, and Anthony Katagas, Katagas, I don't know, I'm sorry, producers. And last but no, but no, no means least, the Wolf of Wall Street nominees to be determined as far as producers and so forth. Okay. Sir. So those are the <clears throat> movies that have been nominated for the Academy Award this year. Of those, I have seen one. One. <laughs> one. Gravity. <clears throat> now, see, I, I went a little bit further ahead and I, I looked at who – was nominated for what? Mm-hmm. And instead of watching the movie, I watched the trailers. You watched the trailers. That's so I've seen all the trailers. I've seen all the trailers for <clears throat> these movies, but I have not seen the movies themselves. And I gotta say, <laughs> having seen Gravity, 
the trailer for Gravity, the most often seen trailer that I, the most, the one I've seen most often, anyhow, right, is um, it it focuses more on uh, Sandra Bullock's performance than the movie actually does, right. Uh, but you know, having said that, uh, like I said, of all these that are nominated, I've only seen. <laughs> Gravity. I we got Di- Dallas Buyer. Well, shit. Dallas Buyers Club. That mm-hmm. on our list, and Captain Phillips is on our our Netflix list, so we can see him. Nebraska. I'm very much looking forward to. Is that the one? Is that um? Oh no, no, no that's not what I'm thinking. I was thinking of the one with uh, Robert Redford, where he does that whole movie by himself. Oh no, no, that's not nominated. I think that. I think that movie's coming out this year. Oh, is it? I don't think that has come out yet. That's the one with um, June Squibb is nominated in a supporting role for that uh, for her part in Nebraska. And having wa- she's she's the one where they're uh, in the trailer. They're standing at a a grave site, and <clears throat> and she's talking with a couple other guys about the person in the grave. And she said, oh, "So and so, I remember her. She was such a slut," you know. So, and it, it just because of her age, and I identify with that a lot because uh, I'm older too, right? Know, and and I have a potty mouth too, and so because of all that, I I liked her. I'm looking forward to that. But who do you think is going to take it? Um, I probably Twelve Years a Slave. It's doing well in all the other uh, award uh, venues, so to speak, uh, because. Um, from what I've read and heard about it and everything, it's it's very well done. Um, it's it's a subject that, as a as a country, we can't still can't get enough of it. Right. We still need to focus on the problems uh, that it presents. Uh, it should get it. I'll put it that way. I I have a feeling American Hustle will probably walk with it. I I just. I've been hearing a lot of things about American Hustle. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. It doesn't really appeal to me. I probably won't even watch American Hustle. I, you know, just probably won't. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Wolf of Wall Street. That's with uh, Leo DiCaprio. Leo's in that. Um, who I actually think is one of the – and I know that's on, on another list to talk about. but Yeah. I think Leonardo DiCaprio is one of the most underrated actors. Yeah, he's. I think he's very good. I've always liked him. Um, he's on my, my personal list, too. We'll talk about him some more later. Okay. I, uh, I think Captain Phillips is deserving of the attention it's getting. Uh-huh. Just, again, from what I've seen in the um, previews and the trailers of, of the movie, um, and of course, I like Tom Hanks, but uh, and Dallas Buyers Club is very appealing looking. I'm very anxious to see it. So I don't know so much about her. I don't know. I mean, I get the whole idea right. of the hunt, the thing and yeah. and everything. But Ernie and I are both going. I don't know. It's it's either going to be so confusing or very predictable. Well, you know? seeing that's the one I'm pulling for is and but that's. For a different reason. Yeah. Because I know someone that was 
a supervisor on the movie. Oh, okay. Well, see, there you go. That's, <clears throat> so, that's a good reason. Philomena hasn't, hasn't pulled me at no. all. At all. So there you go. At this point, as they say, it's anybody's game, you know. And if I were voting, if I were a member of the Academy, yes, which I'm not, of course, but if I were, who would I vote for? Well, see, I'd have to see him first before I could say I would vote for him. But assuming that they went as I expect them to, um, I would probably still say 12 years a slave. Um, even though I, I, I'm pulled in towards some of the others because I have right. You know, I like the other actors. Uh, I, I suspect that would be <coughs> worth seeing. And Brad Pitt's working with it, and I have a lot of respect for his talent <coughs> and his focus. You know, not just his talent, right? But where he focuses in, with his life. Well, it's it's interesting so. because with Brad Pitt, and you know, a lot of people just kind of brushed him off as like a the pretty face, mm-hmm. you know, the the pretty boy actor, yeah, yeah. but. He's really come out in the last few years to say, "Oh, I'm just a, I'm a lot more than just an actor." Well, in his association with Angelina, I think they've been it's been a good association between the two of them, actually, because she sort of had that rep too. You know, she was for a while it was, "Oh, well, your daddy was John Voight, and so therefore you you know right. you're taking your place in the world, but you're no no talent." Well, she's very talented for one thing. She's a very talented actress, uh, and she is. Um, making a huge contribution to the world. Right. So, yeah, I think they are good for one another because they both have similar concerns about the world and and because they have, you know, Boku Bucks, they can mm. do things um, and they're doing them. Here's a bit of, of useless triv- trivia, yeah. and I know their listeners really won't give a shit about this, but you and I, this, yeah. this is the reason. The, the movie that they first appeared in was Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah, well, it was... The, Was that their first one together? Yes. Yeah. Um, and their first take was in Victorville, California. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? At the Marriott. The whole hotel scene of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Which isn't even there anymore. It was well, it's sh- there, but it's not a Marriott yeah, anymore. Was shot I'll just darn. right down the road. I did not know that. There. Yeah, so that's... Well, we do get... Is that going to... No. Okay. Didn't even come through. We do get a lot of... Um, movie production activity in this yes. part of the country because of our locale, the desert and, you know, whatnot. So, and they probably figured, well, hey, we're here. Let's, you know, use it. So, okay. So that's the movie. Okay. That's, those are the movies rather. Now let's go to the nominees. Huh? Okay. Right. Nominees for? For the actor in a leading role. Mm. Okay. So this would be what they used nominees. to call best actor. For best actor, they used to call are. it. That. Now they call it actor in a leading role, which I like better because it's not fair to say they're best. Anyhow, Christian Bale in American Hustle. Christian Bale's actually been around since he was a little kid in the industry. Did yes. you know that? Yes. He was in uh, what was that one Emperor movie? Emperor of the uh, was it Emperor of the Sun or the Last the, Emperor? Wasn't it? Could have been. Yeah, could have been. He was a kid in that movie. Very talented guy. <coughs> and, of course, he's also been a Batman. Yes. So he's a the wide one. variety of roles. But for his role in American Hustle, he's been nominated. Bruce Dern of past notoriety and fame. 
Bruce is getting on in years. He's probably pushing my age, if maybe not more. I don't know. Um, for Nebraska. Okay. Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio for The Wolf of Wall Street. I can't pronounce this man's name. Chiwetel Ejiofor, and I know that's wrong. I'm murdering this name, but he was in 12 Years uh, a Slave. Okay. I know his face like I'm looking at it right now, but the name has always been difficult for me to pronounce, so I'm sorry. And, of course, Matthew McConaughey for Dallas Buyers Club. And this is a role he had to lose like 42 pounds for. McConaughey? Mm Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. That's what they said. And I'm like, dang, couldn't they have just made him look skinny and haggard and whatnot? But apparently not. He had, I, I read that somewhere, a little trivia about the whole thing. Who will win? I, Shit, <clears throat> if I know. Even though, and like I just said moments ago, I think I would like to have DiCaprio win. But I think the the gentleman who you can't pronounce his name, mm-hmm. I think he's for twelve take years. It. Yeah, he he most likely will. I was uh, saddened by the uh, the fact that Tom Hanks was not nominated uh, for um, Captain Phillips, which and now that <clears throat> excuse me, that's nominated for Best Picture, right? Yes, but he was not nominated it, for his role, and it's one of those things where. I think it kind of falls hand in hand too is uh and this is kind of just my personal feeling about this folks but if if you win best picture doesn't that mean that that kind of falls on the director and the actors you know you have to have a strong actor I know actor it's, quite, it's sort of strong... strange that that you could have somebody say well that was the best picture well what was the best about it if the actors didn't get the awards and the di- director didn't get the awards and all of yeah you know, I agree with you I've always wondered about that but uh, I don't know I don't and I don't know what they base it on I really don't Because honestly overall if, impression I don't know Because don't know. if if a movie's up for best movie of the year hmm. it should be instant without even second like thought Like Titanic was Yes when Titanic was nominated I told Ernie, I said, I will never watch the Oscars again if Titanic doesn't get it. We liked that movie so much, we actually paid to go see it in the theater four times. Oh, wow. It was a good movie. I think I've seen it it. probably a hundred times or more. I have, of course, my own copy. Uh, I watch it almost every time it's on. I mean, it's just, it was just one of those movies that I told Bob, uh, my our youngest son, I said, Dude, you need to go see this movie. It's really good. Well, he went and said, yeah, it was okay. But it just really hit us. I mean, we were just, mm. Anyhow, I do notice that there are only five names on all these categories. And maybe they had a limit. Maybe they can only pick five. Hmm. Okay. And apparently they felt these five deserved that <clears throat> recognition more than anyone else. So I can only wonder. Uh, best actor in a supporting role. Okay. Um, this name is also hard to, to pronounce. Bakhard Abdi in Captain Phillips. He's the guy. The pirate, that, isn't he? Right. He's the yes. head, the head pirate, as it were. Bradley Cooper for American Hustle. Michael Fassbender in Twelve Years a Slave. <clears throat> Jonah Hill in The Wolf of Wall Street, and Jared Leto in Dallas Buyers Club. I think Jared Leto will get it. I just 
feel like he will. I think he ought to, I, from what I've seen. Again, I haven't seen the movie yet, but from what I've seen, he really, uh, he does an amazing job. See, I'm going to go with yeah. Joni Hill because I think in this movie, they, Joni Hill steps it up and shows that he can he can play much more than just his silly, you know, the silly, oh, yeah. fat no, he comedic. Has, he has a lot of, of acting <clears throat> skills that have just started being tapped. I agree with you uh, completely. He's... I don't. I don't think he should just be categorized as a goofball, right. By any stretch, at all. I mean, yes, he's a heavy guy, but I think we're sort of past all that now. About heavy guys yeah. can't be sexy. I mean, look at John Goodman. John Goodman can be very sexy, uh, and he's a heavy guy. Okay, just for one example, right? Uh, right. You know, there are lots and lots of others. So you know, I uh, John Candy, who. I still miss not having around. When he wanted to, he could be very sexy and romantic, and not in the not in the big dick kind of way, you know, right. the, whatever that guy's name was that that did the porn movies and stuff. Not sexy like oh, that. Oh, like Ron Jeremy. But yeah, but but having <clears throat> having a romantic um, passion about him, Candy could pull that off, you know. And he's a, he was a huge guy. You know, so anyhow, uh, actress in in a leading role. Okay, Amy Adams for American Hustle. You notice American Hustle is getting a lot, yes. of other attention here. Nods, yes. Kate Blanchett for Blue Jasmine. Okay. Sandra Bullock for Gravity. Okay, I already know which one you want to win. Judy Dench for Philomena, and Meryl Streep for August Osage County. Now, Ooh, you'd no. be surprised. I've seen that one. You'd be surprised. I have actually seen Blue Jasmine. Oh, really? Yes. It wasn't nominated as a movie. That's why I didn't mention it. But I have seen Blue Jasmine and Gravity. I didn't watch August Osage County because I have a mental block about that type of movie. Right. It does not appeal to me. It hasn't ever since The Big Chill. It didn't appeal to me then. It doesn't appeal to me now. I don't care who the actors and actresses are. But go ahead and say what you want to about Meryl Streep. Um, she just she she went in there and, and showed everybody why she's so damn good. Well, I she mean, is good. She's excellent. There, I don't think there's a role she couldn't play. Yeah, um, truly. Mark Garofalo. Is it Mark Garofalo. Garofalo. Yeah. He, I mean, all the way. I mean. I kind of there's bits and parts of the story I was like eh, uh, maybe because it hit kind of home you know because of the dif- dysfunction of the family yeah see that's the part I that doesn't appeal to me I don't get a kick out of watching dysfunctional families but it's the, too true to life the <laughs> performances everybody went in there with their guns blazing I yeah. felt and everybody yeah. just put on a a really solid even the the little girl. The, yeah. the daughter yeah. went in there and put on a solid performance. Well, and that's the whole point of the Oscars is who did that? Who went in and and laid it down the best they could and the best anybody could? And so that's what Meryl Streep has done. Now, um, I didn't see American Hustle, so I can't say anything. I like Amy Adams. I appreciate the versatility of her talent as well because right. she isn't just a cute singer-dancer <clears throat> cutesy actress she's got lots of scope and talent she was very good in wedding date by the way if you've ever seen if you haven't seen that movie it's it's a chick flick but 
uh, she was really very good in it. She's she's extremely talented, I think. And, you know, well, since we're talking about Amy Adams, I was very surprised that she pulled off Lois Lane in the new Superman movie. She did a great job with that. She did a great job with that. Because I, I was thinking versatile going against Margot Kidder. Because for me, mm-hmm. I, I thought Margot, growing up in the 80s, right. that was Lois Lane right, with Margot Kidder. Right, right. But I, I felt that she brought something different to it and made the, the character she more believable. She made it fresher, yes. I think. Yeah. Now, you know I love Sandra Bullock. Yes. I have rarely seen a movie of hers I didn't like. In fact, I don't think I've seen a movie of hers that I didn't like. I liked Gravity. Didn't think it was that big a pull on her talent field, on her talent period. Creatively, maybe. It, it, well, there was so much of it where you really didn't see her that much because of the fact she was in a space suit. Mm. See, you know, it's I, I I don't know. Anyhow, my fifty cent bet is on Kate Blanchett. Blanchett. Blue Jasmine is an interesting movie. It's um, and I I don't want to talk about it because it'll give it away. Oh, will it? If if you haven't seen Blue Jasmine, rent the sucker and watch it. We actually almost rented it on VOD last night. Now it's there's you know it, it, it's no car races and hoopla and 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 a lot of rock and roll or anything like that. It's it's a thinker's movie. If you don't want to watch a movie that you kind of have to think about a little bit, then right. don't. But she she portrays the incredible um, descent, mental descent of a woman, um, really well, really really well. You wind up almost believing really her in that role. You lose you lose. I lost sight of her early on in the movie because in the first place I'm not familiar enough with her as a person as a person right that that I could see her a lot in the movie. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um she also because of the different roles that she has played in the past She's played queens and, and, and I was going to say kings, but no. <laughs> but she's played lots and lots of different types of persons, personalities, that she gets into those roles that, where Sandra Bullock doesn't. Okay, Sandra Bullock did, like, let's say, two weeks' notice. Okay? Right. Uh-huh. Or um, um, her newest one, Heat. What's that one where, where her newest one, what? The, her newest movie is called Heat. Oh yeah, that one, uh, or the Miss Congeniality, uh, two of those. Those were cute. Those yeah. movies, you see her in those movies. Uh-huh. That's who she is. Now she may not be as flighty or as you know whatever, but I mean that's her. That's like her personality, right? Okay, and I don't know the woman, but I imagine that that aside from the fact that she's probably a little on the quiet side at home when she can be that way. That that when she's when she's on, that's that's her. Right. Okay. Not so with Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett, I don't know her. I wouldn't know her if she walked in the house. And you wouldn't know her in this movie necessarily, because she takes on the persona of this woman so completely that she doesn't look like herself. She looks like the you imagine this woman looks like. Mm. 
it's um, it's just a really, really interesting portrayal. And and for her to make the transition that right. that this character in the movie makes, it it becomes so real that it's no longer acting. It's I mean it's you feel like you're a camera looking in on this woman's life, if you will. And what is it called one more time? Blue Jasmine. Blue Jasmine. I have to, I'm it's, going to have to check it out. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's, <clears throat> it's, it's, it, I will buy this movie. Oh, really? Yeah, I will okay. buy this movie because I want to watch it again, and, and I hardly ever rent twice from Netflix. Right. If I want to watch a movie more than once, I'll buy it as a rule. Okay, so okay. we have Supporting Actress. No, now we're coming to supporting actress. That was actress in meant. a leading role. Meant. Yes, now we're actress in a supporting role. And the nominees are Sadie Sadie Hawkins. <laughs> Hello, Sally Hawkins for Blue Jasmine. Okay. Again, a well-deserved nomination. Jennifer Lawrence in American Hustle, and she's, I like Jennifer. She's Lawrence. good, yeah. Lupita Nyong, oh. <laughs> Okay, there's a nyong and then there's an apostrophe and an o in 12 Years a Slave. Okay. And she's done well with her role. Julia Roberts in August Osage County. Okay, I, and, I give her, yeah. And June Squibb in Nebraska. And like I said, the only reason I want June Squibb to, to win is because this is like, she's sort of like what, she was an actress on Broadway and, Yeah, we, you know, we actually did a, a little thing about her. We did a thing about her. About yeah. her uh, and then she sort of, Fell out of the limelight, so to speak, and now she's come back with this movie, and and she does a really good job in it, from what I've seen so far. I haven't seen the movie, seen the trailers, listened to her talk, and so on. So I that's sort of my uh, what do they call it? My emotional favorite. Um, haven't seen any of the movie except Blue Jasmine, and Sally Hawkins was really good in it, really good. But whether she compared to the others, who are nominated, uh. In a competitive way, I can't say. Right. I don't know. I know that uh, the young lady that's nominated for 12 Years a Slave has done well in the other award venues. So. Okay. And you saw Osage. Yes, I did. August Osage. How did Julia do? Well, she's another one who is just, I think, a fantastic actress. I do, too. I do, um, too. She's got also a lot of versatility. And the, the chemistry the the back and forth with her and Meryl Streep mm-hmm. uh, was just it was it felt real yeah so yeah. And they played mother and daughter yes yeah yeah and and it felt like a the writing the acting it just it felt real yeah I'm not I wasn't crazy about the ending I don't let me just go out and say that I wasn't yeah. crazy about the ending but the the performance right because. Right. Well, it's possible to appreciate a performance without necessarily enjoying the story. Right. You know, because, again, that's not what they're being nominated for. They're not being nominated for screenwriter. They're being nominated for their performance in the movie. Right. Okay. okay. <clears throat> Let's see. We've got animated feature film nominees. Uh, yeah. We, okay. We'll touch on them. We don't really have to. Those are just the ones that are, you know, out there. There's cinematography nominees. Um, 
there's a couple of movies in here I totally am not familiar with. So we've got costume design. We've got directing. Okay, let's do directing. Directing. Definitely. American Hustle. David O. Russell. Okay. No pun intended. No rhyme intended. Uh, Alfonso Cuaron. Cuaron. I don't know how to say it. Uh, for Gravity. Okay. Alexander Payne. Pardon me. Alexander Payne for Nebraska. Uh-huh. Steve McQueen for 12 Years a Slave. And Martin Scorsese for The Wolf of Wall Street. And Marty's very popular. So is his movie. Well, you know that The Wolf of Wall Street now has the most times a person used the word fuck in a movie. Oh, does it? Yes. Oh, there is I no, should have been in it. There is no other <laughs> movie that has been made that has more fucks than Wolf of Wall Street. Seriously? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. Wow. Fucking cool. <laughs> I should totally have been in that movie. I know. One of these days we need to sit down and see how many times we say fuck in a podcast. So many. And I'm trying to be good. Did you notice on my Facebook comment I didn't say fucking? I said effing? Yes. What yes. a good girl. Okay. Then there's documentary features. Again, I don't know. I'm not familiar with any now, of them. Now, see, my thing is, and here's my thing with documentaries. Mm. Documentaries is a personal look into whoever the documentarian is. That's that's a look into their soul. And mm-hmm. something like that I don't feel should be judged against another, you know, because it, it's kind of like it needs to be more, what's the word I'm looking for? Just because they're both documentaries. Now, like, I, I watched a documentary called The Band Called Death, and it's about these uh, these three brothers in Detroit, and they they essentially created punk rock before punk rock was created. Right. Now, that was a very moving, very touching docu- uh, documentary, but then I, I watched that one I was telling you about, the one about the, the 60-year-old prostitutes in, in mm-hmm. Norway, mm-hmm. which was hysterical. Yeah, yeah. That those type of things shouldn't go against each other. I agree. Because I agree that well, in a way. I mean, all the movies that are nominated are totally different right. too, and you could you could plead the same case for them. The director has put his soul into it, and so on. So I guess what they're saying is that they they're the ones that somebody liked the best. Okay. I think that's the whole idea, even though they they stop saying best. Uh, and I've, so far as I know, they've never said liked the best. Right. But I think that's what they're going um, for. Without going through, I mean, without you know putting commentary, I'm just mm-hmm. curious who's who's up for best documentary. Well, feature documentary feature, or there's also documentary uh, short subject. But the feature? features, uh-huh. act of killing. You want to know who? Produced? No, just the names. Okay. Uh, Cutie and the boxer. Okay, I've heard of that. Dirty wars, the square. And 20 Feet from Stardom. Now, I know what that one's about. That's about background singers. Oh, okay. Uh, And one of the uh, talents on The Voice is in this documentary. uh, Oh, okay. And I saw her on The Voice. Uh Uh-huh. And I can't remember now how it all came up. But, of course, they talk about a person's background and, and experience and so on. And so that's kind of how I learned about it. And then having seen um, snippets of this 20 feet from – and that's what that means. 20 feet from stardom means the star is at the mic and you're 20 feet back doing your oh, okay. backup singing thing. So that's okay. where they, they get the title. Um, documentaries, short 
subject. Cave digger, facing fear. Karma has no walls. Sarah, oh, Sarah, that's the lady's name who wrote her maid, Karma Has No Walls, duh. The lady in number six, colon, music saved my life. Hmm. Okay. Prison terminal, colon, the last days of Private Jack Hall. Interesting. Okay. And I'm not, I'm just going to leave it at that. I, I think I know who that is, but I don't want to go there and wander. Okay. Film editing is another one. Foreign language film is... I don't know enough. Even though Lacey and I did watch a, a really good... It was a rom- romantic comedy, and it was all in subtitle. It was a French movie. Yeah. But it, it, it was with um, Pierce Brosnan. He was the only English-speaking mm. actor, yeah, but everything like else was him. in French. French. And uh, it was We just... watch a lot of foreign films. We watched this one called... What was it called? love or something like that it was about this old couple and she was dying and then him going on afterwards and stuff it was real good i can't remember what it was called but it was something like well life. see i like foreign films but Lacey's not a big reader so she she has yeah, to be that in the mood makes it hard for her yeah she has a little bit of reading problem so but we both enjoyed that french movie and I then wish I makeup and hairstyling got nominated um Interesting, Dallas Buyers Club. That would be probably largely for uh, uh, Jared Leto. Um, Jackass presents Bad Grandpa. Now you saw that. I didn't. What about that was would would be makeup and hairstyling? Because they made the lead actor Mm -hmm. an elderly man. He's he's my age. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So that makes sense. That makes sense. Let me just put out on, on there that I only watched a few minutes of it, and what I watched sucked. Yeah. It sucked. Yeah, you didn't care for it. It was a waste of my fucking time. Sucked. And then the Lone Ranger. Yes. You know, because they fix up Johnny uh, Depp. Johnny to, and then <clears throat> musical or music original score is another category. Um, we can book, hit that one. The book thief, John Williams. Oh, okay. John Williams musically can do no wrong. Yeah, <laughs> for reals. Gravity, Stephen Price. And it was good. Um, her, William Butler, and Owen Pallet. Philomena, Alexandre, Alexandre Desplat. Oh, I know I'm murdering that. I'm sure it's not pronounced that way. But anyway, Saving Mr. Banks. That's the one about uh, the writing Walt, and Walt bringing Disney. to uh-huh. the f- film of Mary Poppins. Yes. Uh, Thomas Newman. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see who walks with those. Best original song. Okay. Alone Yet Not Alone from Alone Yet Not Alone. (laughs) Music by Bruce Broughton. Lyric by Dennis Spiegel. Okay. Happy from Despicable Me 2, which I have seen and I don't remember the song. Tells you what that's all about. Music and lyrics by Farrell Williams. Let It Go from Frozen, which you have seen. Yes. Do you remember the song? Uh, yeah. It was cute. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was nothing to write home about, yeah. to be honest with you, but it was cute. Music and lyrics by Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez. The Moon Song from Her, music by Karen O, lyric by Karen O and Spike Jones. Oh, Ordinary Love from Mandela, Long Walk to Freedom. 
Interesting. Okay. Music by Paul Hewson, Dale Evans, Dave Evans, sorry, Adam Clayton, and Larry Mullen. Lyric by Paul Hewson. Um, and I uh, read something just the other day in the paper about why this song was even in Mandela, uh, Long Walk to Freedom, because, you know, Mandela <clears throat> is not necessarily, I mean, the movie is not necessarily a love story. Right. But beca- it, it expressed, they contention was it was expressing his love for his wife gotcha and so that's why it's in there we did best picture yes production design eh. Eh. short film animated i uh, don't recognize any of those okay not that i necessarily well, would well, i mean the we could say why, what they are i was gonna say want. the reason why we're skipping these by the way folks <laughs> is if we don't well, know we only have we an hour sh- show <laughs> well or however much right. long we want to do it tonight but um you know we can't really talk about something that we don't know about so that's well, we why we can but we sound like asses when we do <laughs> yeah <laughs> best short film live action uh don't know any of those okay sound editing uh we'll we'll name the the ones nominated because okay. we do know of some of those movies all is lost <clears throat> don't know captain phillips gravity the hobbit the Desolation of Smog. That's the second one. Oh, at least. And Lone Survivor. So we'd name the people, but you don't know them anyway. So <laughs> sound mixing, who cares? Visual effects. Now, this is an interesting category. Gravity. Right okay. up there with the visuals. Right. Okay. Let, Great let's CG. Go, let's go ahead and do the names. Okay. Tim Weber, Chris Lawrence, Dave Shirk. And Neil Corbold for Gravity. The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. Joe Lettery, or Lettery, most probably. Um, Eric Sainden. David Clanton. Sorry, David Clayton. And Eric Reynolds. Okay. Iron Man 3. Christopher Townsend, Guy Williams, Eric Nash, and Dan Sudik. The Lone Ranger, Tim Alexander... Gary Rosenich, Edison Williams, Edson Williams, and John Frazier. Oh, bad from reading these cold. I hadn't actually read this earlier. And Star Trek Into Darkness, Roger Goyette, Patrick Tubach, Ben Grossman, and Burt Dalton. And those, again, that's visual effects. Right. Of these, I've seen one, Gravity. And like I said, it was great CG, you know. Plus, the, they, they, they could have even possibly had some true-to-life footage worked in there. It would be, if, it, if they did, it was well-knitted right. in, so to speak, because you couldn't pick it out and say, oh, that was real. I remember that scene from the news or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, you don't even have to ask me. Well, I suspect you'd go with Iron Man 3 just yeah. <laughs> because of Jay. Your son is an Iron Man freak. Uh, best writing. Okay, yes. Adapted screenplay. Okay. Okay. Before Midnight, written by Richard Linklater. Linklater. No, it's not Linklater. It is Linklater. Well, it's not spelled Linklater. I know, but he pronounces it Linklater. I know the, the director. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I don't is it know. Is spelled Linklater or later? L-A-T-E-R. Linklater of... Long ago fame was spelled with an E. So, okay. 
Yeah, I know the director. We'll, we'll let him do that. <laughs> pronounce his own name. <laughs> yeah, but dude, spell it the right way then. Come on. Anyway, Julie Depley, Dep- Delpy, I'm sorry, Julie, Julie Delpy, and Ethan Hawke. Really? Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Uh, Captain Phillips, screenplay by Billy Ray. <laughs> Philomena, screenplay by Steve Coogan and Jeff Pope. 12 Years a Slave. Screenplay by John Ridley. Ah. And The Wolf of Wall Street. Screenplay by Terrence Winter. Really? Interesting. Okay. Best writing original screenplay. Those were adaptations. This is original screenplay. American Hustle. Written by Eric Warren Singer and David O. Russell. Blue Jasmine. And I really hated to admit this because I can't stand him. Lots of <laughs> lots about him I can't stand. Woody Allen. Yes. Woody Allen is just not my favorite person. I, I knew who you were talking about just mm. by the way you're But this is a this is a good story. It really is a good story. Uh and and a lot of his stories I like. It's just leave him out of it. Right. I don't it's him I don't like. It's not his his writing. His writing is pretty much okay, in my opinion. Dallas Buyers Club, written by Craig Borton and Melissa Wallach. Her, written by Spike Jones. Yes. Jones. Jones. <laughs> and Nebraska, written by Bob Nelson. So those are the uh, nominees uh, for at least the primary awards. Of course, they always have those things afterwards where they say, uh, you know, when nobody was looking, we gave away these awards for right. Best Light Bulb Turner and... and uh, best Grip. And yeah, Best Boy and all that kind of stuff. And everybody goes, oh, that was nice. They should get their... And, you know, it's it's really funny because, as you know, I'm an old movie fan. Right. And I'm an old movie fan and I'm an old movie fan. And uh, it's funny to watch the uh, credits after a movie made in 1933 versus the credits... For a movie today, I mean, We're, credits today take fifteen minutes to run. Oh yeah, easily. You know, I mean, who brought the sandwiches in from Milwaukee? <laughs> they get credit because somebody ate sandwiches from Milwaukee. And who did this and that? You know, Jesus. And the thing is, those people were involved in the movies in 1933 too. Also, right? Okay. But they, it would never have occurred to them to, to make an audience sit and look at, and, and most credit. of them don't anyway. They get up and walk out. You know, If it's good music or if there's little doodads going on with the credits, like after Despicable Me or something like that, we sit and watch them. You know, plus, it takes me a while to get my legs bending and everything. <laughs> Anyhow, you know. So it, it's fun because I'm not embarrassed getting up out of a movie because there's never anybody left in the theater to get up in front of. So. So then I made a list of, and I don't know whether you did or not. I told you I was going to do this. I didn't make a list. You didn't make any lists. I made my list of. Because we never get out of here if I, I know, a list. My favorite movies. <laughs> okay. okay. These are in, not in order. Actually, they're somewhat in the order that I thought of them, but that doesn't mean it was because they're the best, and that's why I thought of them first. Right. It's just because my brain doesn't work too well. So. Um, and I put down some details about them. We don't have to go into all the details. Now, again, these are my favorite movies. These are not necessarily related to this year's Oscars. Yeah, these are just okay. your personal faves. Right. Okay. Uh, Les Mis. Yes. Okay. 
the 2012 version directed by Tom Hooper with Hugh Sixpack Jackman and Anne Hathaway <laughs> and Russell Crowe. Uh. Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. I have that DVD. Love that movie. 2007, directed by Tim Burton. Tim yes. Burton has got a wonderfully f- evil, fickle, trickle mind. Uh, Johnny Depp, of course. Helena Bonham Carter. Uh, or Helena Bonham Carter. I, I was so taken with the fact that Johnny can sing as well as he can. He really knocked it out of the park. And, and there's, just... there's this one scene where he and, unfortunately, I don't know the actor's name, the, the guy who plays the um, evil controller of the of the young lady that is the love interest in the movie, you know, and, and he comes in for a shave, and he and Johnny sing a, a duet together. Uh-huh. It's one of the, my favorite pieces in the in the whole show. It's really good, really beautiful song. Love that movie. Moulin Rouge, the 2001 version, directed by Baz Luhrmann, with Nicole Kidman, Ewan McGregor, and John Leguizamo, who does play a really mean, uh, <laughs> what the hell know. is that guy's name? Ah, oh, that artist, the French artist. V, V. <laughs> you know his name? No, not off the top of my head. Oh, damn it. Well, anyway, um, he, he does a good job with it. Dances with Wolves. Yes. From 1990, directed by, starring... Also, Kevin Costner, Kevin Costner, Mary yes. McDonald, Very and Graham Greene. Titanic, yes. 1997, directed by James Cameron with Leo and Kate Winslet. Some Like It Hot, 1959, directed by Billy Wilder, Tony Curtis, Jack Lemmon, Marilyn Monroe. If you've never seen Some Like It Hot, you need to see that movie. No, I don't think I've it ever seen it. It is probably one of the best classic comedies ever made. I mean, it's really good. Really good. Um, Deadheads, the 2011 oh, yeah, yeah, movie. Yeah. Directors Bert and Drew T. Pierce. Not Bert, Brett and Drew T. Pierce. Stars Michael McKitty, Ross Kidder, and Marcus Taylor. Um, Deadheads is the zombie. the zombie movie. Yes. But it's a funny zombie movie. <laughs> Fifth Element. 1997, directed by Luke Beeson with Bruce Willis and Mila Jovovich yes, and Gary was, Oldman. That was very good. The Shawshank Redemption, 1994, directed by Frank Darabont and starring Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. The Green Mile, 1999, directed by Frank Darabont, starring Tom Hanks and the late Michael Clark Duncan. So sad to see him go. Apollo 13, 1995, directed by Ron Howard, starring Tom Hanks, Bill Paxton, Kevin Bacon, Gary Sinise, and Ed Harris. One of the best <coughs> examples of the vital importance of teamwork that one could ever show their children. Oh, the Apollo 13 movie. Mm-hmm. From from beginning to end, it it's a perfect expression of the necessity for a successful out, successful outcome of teamwork, my opinion. Fargo, nineteen ninety six, directors Joel and Ethan Cohen, with William H Macy and Francis McDormand, 
and also Steve Buscemi, one of our faves. Yes. Wall-E, 2008, directed by Andrew Stanton, with <coughs> Ben Burt, who is a well-known sound technician uh-huh. and creator of sound. Um, and he does a lot of the, the if you want to call it voices, the, the voiceovers and whatnot yeah. in the movie, including Wall-E. Alyssa Knight, um, she does uh, Eva, Wall-E's love interest. Yes. Um, I also found out that Wall-E was named for Walter Elias Disney. Ah. But in the movie, it was it was it stood for Waste Allocation Load Lifter Earth Class. I thought that was cute. That was. Eva stood for Extraterrestrial Vegetative Evaluator. And their musical ep- excerpts uh, put on your Sunday clothes, and it only takes a moment from Hello Dolly. Yes, which is classic to me. And the last named movie is The Mambo Kings from 1992, directed by Arnie Glimsher, starring Amran Desanti, Antonio Banderas, and one of the highest moments in this movie is uh, the singing of Beautiful Maria of My Soul, written by Glimsher and Robert Kraft. It was also nominated by uh, for Best Song. Oh, was it? Yeah. Antonio, Antonio Banderas sings it in the movie, but he would not sing it. Uh, you know how in the Academy Awards when they have a Best Song? Right. Um, so that usually, if they can get him to, the, the one that did it in the movie will sing it for the awards. Right. He wouldn't do it because he had to do it live. And so, um, uh, shit, I was going to put it on here and I forgot to. Um, big... Opera singer, big guy, big guy. <laughs> he did it instead. Can't remember his name. Okay, then I have three subcategories here. Okay. Any Zatoichi production <laughs> ranges from 1962 to 2003. Some were television productions, some were you know short features, right. and some were actual movies. Any James Bond production. Don't care who it was. It was good. And any movie made in 1939. Really? Mm-hmm. One of the best years for movies ever. Ever. My opinion. Again. Did we have a best song? Did we have a best song? No, I didn't hear. I, in the thing here, we got, we had best. Uh, uh, She's just going through her list, folks. Yes, that's a paper rattling you here. We had musical, original song. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Alone Yet Not Alone, Happy, Let It Go, The Moon Song, and Ordinary Love. And I, oh, not, yeah, we did cover that. Not The only Ordinary Love song I know is an old song. This is an ordinary love. Yeah, that's an old one. Probably a remake. Forgive my singing, folks. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not a singer by profession. So those are my, those are my faves, and it kind of gives you an idea of my taste. You know, I wanted to put Terrence Howard's movie in there also. I, d- I, had, a, I had a list three times as long. I okay. did. Oh, wait. I haven't done my actors yet. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Do we have time? How much time have we got? Uh, half an hour. Okay. I can do it. I can do it. 
my favorite performance by a male actor. Okay. Maybe we'll get around to some of those then. Danny Trejo for Machete <laughs> in 2010. He's so great. I love him. Vin Diesel, 2000 Pitch Black. He played Riddick. Nicholas Cage, 1987. These are the reason I'm giving this information along with it is because these are the movies I liked them in the best. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Nicholas Cage, 1987, Raising Arizona. He played H.I. McDonough. Again, if you haven't seen that movie, you need to see it. Sean Connery, 1992, The Medicine Man. You would think I would have liked him best as James Bond. And I do like him best of many of the Bonds. Right. But my favorite movie with him is Medicine Man. He played Dr. Robert Campbell. Bruce Willis, 1998, Mercury Rising. He played Art Jeffries. Very touching portrayal. Andrew Brower in 2000's Duets. He played Reggie Kane. If you haven't seen Duets, you need to see that one. It's got a lot of great people in it. It's um, whose names... uh, all escape me at the moment, but some people that you didn't know could sing are in there singing. Uh, what the heck is her name? Who, who's the lady who named her kid Apple? Blonde. Uh, yeah, she was in uh, Iron Man. What's her name? Yes, she was. Yes. Uh, Fuck. No, that's not it. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, she sings really well. Her mother. Oh, Jesus, I have a horrible memory. Her mother is an actress that you'd know her name if I could tell it to you. Uh, <laughs> I know the, the listeners it. are like, it's such yeah. and such. Okay, well, everybody Google it, and then you'll know. Uh, Cary Grant, 1944, Arsenic and Old Lace. He played Mortimer Brewster. Again, if you haven't seen that movie. Most of these, if you haven't seen them, I recommend them highly. James Shigeta, 1961's Bridge to the Sun, played Hidenari Terasaki. Uh, Kevin Costner for 1989's Field of Dreams. He played Ray Kinsella. Tom Hanks, 1984 Splash. He played Alan Bauer. <laughs> yes, that was. Johnny yeah. Depp, 2007 Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. And he played Sweeney Todd. Billy Bob Thornton, 1996 Sling Blade. Played Carl Childers. Probably one of his best roles. Of course, my man, Hugh Jackman, 2012, Les Mis, he played Jean Valjean. George Clooney, 1998, Out of Sight, he played Jack Foley with J-Lo, was in this movie. He played a bad guy and she was a cop. Oh, okay. Really good movie. Steve Buscemi, or Buscemi, depending on how you want to say it. I've never heard him say it, so I can't say No, it. me neither. His role in 1997's Con Air. He played Garland, the Marietta Mangler. Green was the last name. Garland Green, the Marietta Mangler. He's really good in that movie. Con Air, if you haven't seen it, it's good. Nick Cage is in it, Oh, too. I've seen, oh, yeah, I've seen Con Air. Dustin Hoffman, 1988 Rain Man. Raymond yes. Babbitt. Well, yeah, it's kind of needless to say I've seen Rain Man. Probably everybody has. You can always see it again. You'd be surprised. I don't know how many times I've seen that movie. You always, I always pick up something new. O'Shea Jackson, a.k.a. Ice Cube. Ah. 2001, Ghosts of Mars. He played Desolation Williams. Yes, and he was with Val Kilmer. That was a very good movie. Yes, it was. Terrence Howard, 
He's another great actor. 2005's Hustle and Flow. He played DJ. My yes. favorite, one of my favorite movies is, is Hustle and Flow. I loved that movie. And I especially loved the song. It's hard out there for a, for a pimp. Yeah. You know, oh, God. <laughs> Love that movie. I, I sang that song for weeks afterwards. DJ Qualls, 2005. Hustle and Flow. He was in, but I chose him for the core. He played Theodore Donald Rat Finch. He was the computer geek that made it all happen. For if you haven't seen the core, that's also a good movie. Highly underrated. It was it was panned by the the uh, reviewers as eh, ordinary. What, what year was it? Two thousand and five. That's a Disney movie. I've seen it. Very good movie, I think. Um, and, of course, he was also in Hustle and Flow, and he was really good in that. He has a very distinctive facial features, and so he's easily recognizable and very talented, I think. Two more. William Powell, 1947's Life with Father. He played the father, Clarence Day. And that's based on a, a true story, by the way. And it was later on in his life. I, there's hardly a William Powell movie I don't appreciate, but this one I particularly enjoyed. And Leonardo DiCaprio, 1993's What's Eating Gilbert Grape. He played Arnie Grape. Yes. And that was, as far as I know, his first foyer, for, foray in the... The field. I don't know that he made a movie before that. I believe that was his debut. He performance. was. Uh, he played on a television series. No, but did. I can't think of. Yeah. It was. Um, well, so did Tom Hanks, for that matter. Tom Hanks was on uh, *Bosom Buddies*. Yes. Yeah, and that's when we they, we first saw Tom Hanks. And where they he dress was up good. in uh, drag. Yeah, 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 so they can get an apartment in a in a women's only apartment was house it? or whatever. Hmm. Alan Finch, what was he in? Um, it was on ABC every like Wednesday. Oh. It was like an all-American family. I don't know. Um, Kurt don't Cameron know. was the son. I don't know. Shit, I, don't know. I can't think of it. Anyway, well, I think he was the youngest. Again, son. Google it. But but to watch Arnie, watch him as Arnie Grape in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Um, and with Johnny Depp, by the way, I should say that that almost goes without saying. But for those that don't know, it doesn't. Um, he's it's it's amazing because you watch it and you go, "Oh my God, that's really Leo," you know. Right. And he's 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 had a long and varied career. Okay, shorter list for favorite performance by female actor, Sandra Bullock. Yes. Nineteen ninety two Love Potion number nine. She played Diane Farrell. Really? That was her. I didn't know that. Yeah. Zoe Saldana, or Saldana, for 2011's Colombiana, or Colombiana. She pay, played Catalea. Good movie. Really? Yeah. She, she comes off <coughs> really well in that movie. Nuumi, or Noumi Repace, and I know I'm not saying that right. Uh, in 2009's The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, she played Lisbeth Salander. Okay, the lead. Now, or Salander. There are two versions of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. This is my preferred version. Gotcha. Okay. 
Melissa McCarthy in 2011, Bridesmaids. She played Megan. She's she was the one on the plane with the guy and doing that whole thing. She was hilarious. Uh, Barbara Stanwyck, 1941, Ball of Fire. She played Sugar Puss O'Shea. Irene Dunn, 1948, I Remember Mama. She was Mama, who was Marta Hansen in the movie. Myrna Loy, 1948, Mr. Blandings Builds His Dream House. She played Muriel Blandings. Rosalind Russell, 1958's Annie Mame. She played Mame Dennis. Lana Turner in 1941's Zigfield Girls. She played Sheila Reagan. I don't like a lot of Lana Turner movies of her when she was older, uh-huh. but as a young actress, she was very good, very appealing. Ingrid Bergman, 1942's Casablanca. She played Ilsa Lund. And Nicole Kidman, 1998's Practical Magic. That Again was a good movie. with Sandra Bullock. She played was, Gillian Owens. I think Owens. we have that on a DVD. Probably. Okay, two other things, and then I'll stop. My most inappropriate, in my opinion, the most inappropriately overlooked by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences movie, Lee Daniels, The Butler, directed in, 19, er, in 2013 by Lee Daniels, starring Forrest Whitaker and Oprah Winfrey. I heard that was really good. It's outstanding. It's very uh, accurate historically. Uh-huh. Uh, it's another movie along with uh, 12 Years as a Slave that, in my opinion, almost ought to be required viewing in school, in schools. It's, it's, it's that important a movie, I think. Uh, and my own personal Razzie Award, okay. or Raspberry Award, After Earth, 2013, directed by M. Night Shyamalan, yes. Shyamalan with one of my faves, Will, Will Smith, Smith, and his son, Jaden. I love all of these people. I love Jaden in the karate movie. Karate Kid, uh-huh. I love Will Smith in anything. I liked him in Hitch, especially, but, you know shit anything he's really usually very good and m night Shyamalan is is uh very talented to say the least this movie sucked and i'm sorry i think will wrote it oh really yeah i'm really sorry it was predictable it was um it was almost like uh sometimes they say it was uh done so that they could show off themselves right i forget what they call that but you know it's when when the only the only reason it was done was so they could just go "Hmm, look at me here i am and and i don't like to think that about him because i really respect his talent a lot and i and what i know of him as a person as well um but it was just i already got the same hit off of it it was like well that was a waste of two hours oh wow i'm glad i didn't watch it yeah, it's on all the time right now on the movie channels. It's showing. Well, right, see, I'm right not. Now. I'm not a huge big M Night Shyamalan fan. Well, you don't. You're not too big on 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 um, sci-fi stuff, anyhow. No, I'm not huge on sci-fi. And this is very I, I sci-fi. Like, I liked Shyamalan. Let's see. I liked him in Six Sense. I liked um, Signs. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, and I With think Joaquin I Phoenix. Think, yes, and I think the last good movie. And I'm sorry, was it? I was going to say, in the last good movie, I think that he made Shyamalan mm-hmm. was uh, Lady Under the Water. 
Yeah, that was that's. I think that was one. the last yeah. good movie he made. <clears throat> I'm trying um, to remember who else was in. Um, it wasn't Kevin Costner. Who was with Joaquin Phoenix in Signs? Mel Gibson. Oh, that's who it was. Yes. yes. Mel Gibson plays a great scared guy. Yes. Yeah, he does really well. I like Mel at times. His work is is admirable at times too. Just as a person, I'm not. I don't admire him as much as I thought I used to. So, so anyhow, that's my take on the movies and actors and actresses and the Oscars and everything else. Um, if you're interested in hearing me blabble. Um, <laughs> blabble? Blabble. Blabble, blabble. Like Even that. though it's after the Oscars, uh, come back on Wednesday and I'm going to have a Who's the Boss. Because I already knew this is actually recorded in two segments. I knew where we were at you know, in the first segment and this second segment. So... I think we're somewhere around the two-and-a-half-hour mark for this podcast. Really? Yes. Wow. So that's why I've been keeping my mouth fairly quiet. Because I'm doing all the talking as it is. And I didn't. Well, you didn't make any lists. Right. You know, God help us if you had. We'd have been here for another two hours and after that. our server won't carry anything over three hours. Oh. So that's why. Just under the, yes. the so, limit there. Uh, if you want, next Wednesday, come back. Who's the boss? And I'll give you my list. Yeah, we could have we could have gone on with you know, but they probably got tired of listening to it. And after the fact, well, it'd be interesting to hear your list after everything's done. Yes. You know. Um just to throw it out there, let's see where we're at. We're okay. My just just to throw it out. Interesting enough, a lot of people are gonna be like, What the hell? My favorite movie of all time, I can watch this movie over and over and over again. Okay. Is it Bill Murray? Yeah. Lost in Translation. Oh, and I hate that movie with I, a passion. I love that movie. I, I don't know why I like it, but I do. Ernie loved it too. He really thought that was so cool. I was thought you were going to say Groundhog Day, and right. I do watch that over and over again. But no, I it, it tell what you liked about it because I I it's always eluded me. For me, it's it's about responsibility. That's what I see in the movie. I see, you know, Bill Murray. He's he's he wants just to go off and live his life and be happy. Mm-hmm. And despite what he wants, he knows his responsibility mm-hmm. as a husband, as a father, and he overlooks what he wants and he goes forward to the responsibility and that's something that i can hmm. i can understand well, see i didn't even get all that out of it but to be very fair to the movie and to your opinion about it i really didn't pay that much attention to it and I, I love bill murray i really do i think he's very talented uh again i find him more enjoyable as a comedian right. like ghostbusters and you know all of the the groundhog day and all that kind of thing uh but there was just something about that movie just well to be fair yeah. It took me. It took me a couple times. The first time I watched it, I did not like it. To oh, be, okay. To, to okay. be completely well, fair, I did not like it the first go around. That makes me feel better because you know Ernie liked it right off the bat. He thought it was just wonderful, you know. And I'm like, okay, honey, you you know, I love you, but we don't have to like everything together. Right. You know. yeah, yeah, that's individuality. Yeah. Absolutely. So, but okay, I, I might. You know, I and might then try to watch it again. Second favorite movie that I can watch, even though it's freaking ass long as hell mm-hmm. is The Stand. Stephen King's The Stand. 
Yeah, I, I know the stand. Uh, it's like eight hours long. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. In fact, you know what? I might put it in afterwards. <laughs> you could. You could. You know, you could do like I do. I like I put dances on sometimes just because I'm doing something else and uh-huh. I like the music. Because I have, I actually have a CD of the soundtrack. I throw in my car every now and then because the music is just perfect for me. Uh, but yeah, I I totally understand. You and, know. and then my third, I'll just give you my top three. Yeah. And I know it's a, it's like Lost in Translation, The Stand, Where Are You Going Now? Is Kevin Smith's Clerks 2. I haven't seen Clerks 2. I think we saw Clerks 1. Clerks 2 is about – now, I'm, I'm a fan of Kevin Smith. That's So I should put it's, that out there yeah, first. I, yeah. I – he can't do wrong in my opinion. Yeah. He's, he's very, very talented. Um and we're very similar in age. So the storytelling that he's telling is about what's happened to him in life, yeah. you know, at, a, yeah. at that point. And you start with these in, in clerks, you start with them, uh, the clerks in their 20s and mm-hmm. or not even maybe like early teens or late teens, early 20s. And mm-hmm. that's when I seen it. And so I could connect with it, you know, and now clerks two came out and they're now they're, they're in their 30s. Oh, and I'm okay. in my 30s, and I just I the connectability, yes, yeah. and just the raunchy ass jokes that they pull. <laughs> I mean, he's the only person I know that would actually attempt to do um, a donkey blowjob. I mean, it's just <laughs> it, you have to watch it; it's hysterical. I should try to. I I might. I uh, you know, it's I don't know. Ernie orders our movies. He manages the queue list yes. on, on uh, Netflix. Uh, we, we'll sit and watch a movie, and you know how they have the trailers beforehand? Yes. You know, and, and he'll go, oh, that's good. And he's got a little paper and pencil, you know, right by his chair. Oh, let's put that on the list. Oh, let's put that on the list. Oh, let's take that off the list, and, you know, like that. And so he's in charge. Uh, once in a while, I'll, I'll see something I want, and I'll put it on the list, and always mark it to go to the head of the list you know because right. i sneak past him but for the most part no he manages the queue and so when when he goes well we got we've got mu- uh, movies to watch and i'll go well what are they and he'll rattle them off and i you know okay parts, <laughs> my, parts my hair you know and i go and the only thing i will ever tell him because i don't like to be i don't like to know ahead of time always what a story is about right but i I always ask him if I get a sense that it's going to be one of those stupid things that goes at you. You know, I right. want to know that ahead of time, right? So I can just not look to start with because I really hate those <laughs> kinds of movies. I can't stand them. It's tough to watch. Yeah, uh, but otherwise, no. He 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 manages it all. We watch whatever he wants to watch, and it usually matches what I want. Well, in closing, I want to thank all the listeners that are still listening at yeah, the God two bless you. the two hour and twenty minute mark. <laughs> Uh, we they could had, take it in stages. We had a yeah, <laughs> we had a lot to say. Yeah, and uh, you know when it comes to movies, I just everybody loves movies. I, I there's not one person I know that does not like movies. I don't think I know anybody who doesn't. I know there are people who don't like movies. I feel sorry for them because hmm. you know movies are who we are. Yes, it's, I it's, mean really. Yes, in this country, unfortunately, we're glued to the tube. You know, oh, I mean, seriously, 
My television's going 24-7, practically. Well, that's why in America you, know? you can watch TV off a TV, off your laptop, off your desktop, off your, off your phone, you watch, off your tablet. Yeah, off, off your thumbnail if you yeah. wanted to. I mean, you can watch it every which way. Yes. But it also because, and, and again, I watch so many old movies. I mean, I watch, I watch movies before talkies sometimes. I right. watch the silent movies. And they actually describe who we were nationally. Right. Not accurately. No. No more so than a lot of movies do that are made up stories and, and so on. But but in terms of what entertained us right. as a culture in this country, uh, that's that's why movies are worth watching. We learn about ourselves through watching the movies we watch. Right. Over time. So that's my take on that. All right, kids. Well, we're back on a regularly scheduled program. So we'll be back next Saturday. Thanks right. for listening. Everybody. Yes. So for this week, I am David K. Montoya. And I am S. Sadie Burbank. And you heard what we think. And, and now you know. <laughs> bye bye. All right, kids. We're back. Um, I was wrong. It was Russia. I, for some reason, I was thinking it was China. I don't know why, but Russia. And then, um, you know, to this day, I have still not seen, like, um, oh, what's that one that was nominated? Uh, Gravity. Never saw Gravity. Never saw Dallas Buyers Club. 12 Years a Slave. I don't think I've seen American Hustle. These are the movies that were nominated uh, for 2014 Oscars. I mean, there was a lot of them that I didn't even... I didn't watch, and to be honest with you, that's, I think that's kind of a reason why this was the last year that I did um, the Oscars. I don't think we watched the Oscars after that. I don't. I don't think so. I, I know I have it now because it's it's become a little too political for my liking. But um, yeah, all right. I'm just a rambling fool today. Uh, let's go ahead. We've got one more show to pull up and then i will send you on your merry way well let's go park the wayback machine first and then i'll send you on your way back or way out let's see what is number three for this week i see a red tab i know what that means scene red number 112 plumping the pork Originally released on June 8, 2015, it says Rebecca, Aaron, and Dave finally make their triumphant return with an update on everyone's whereabouts and then jump into some weird news, scene red style, with topics like religious man says you can impregnate your hand and the afterlife after masturbation. And attempted murder in a nursing home, Zombie Cat Rises, the funniest porn star on earth, and an Oklahoma man takes porkies to a whole new level. Oh, yeah, yeah. This sounds fun. It's been so long, I don't remember it. So let's go ahead and enjoy scene red number 112, Plumping the Pork. Hey, boys and girls, welcome to Scene Red. I'm David K. Montoya. 
I'm Rexy Lofgren. And I'm Aaron Illich. You know, kids, we would not have a podcast without the Huffington Post. And one of the things that I've looked through while we've been gone, and I'm not going to even touch on why we were gone. Um, I've been really watching the Huffington Post to come up with some really good stories. So I have, for your entertainment today, three great stories extracted from the Huffington Post. Oh, yes, children. It's going to be fun. Hmm. So uh, before we get into the gruesomeness of our show, let's start off things like we always do. How are the lovebirds? What lovebirds? I would say, what lovebirds? Oh, uh, I've been listening to like old Scene Red episodes, and I used to call you guys the lovebirds. I know. Way back when. Way back when. Many, many moons ago. <laughs> no, it really wasn't that long Back ago, when I right? could stand him still. Yeah. Well. Welcome. Always, I was going to say, welcome to marriage. I was going to say, you can deport me. Deport buckle, man. I prefer the term adopt you out. Yeah. <laughs> it seems less critical. Well, if you're going to go do that, go all the way and just pimp them out. Yeah, oh, yeah I thought about that. Mom's always talking about doing that anyway, so. <laughs> Bimp them out. $15, little man. <laughs> you look if you got $2. Oh, yeah? <laughs> he's, all, nice. he's like, I have no retort for this. <clears throat> so what have you guys been up to? Just because I'm going to go into my long spill, so I wanted to give you guys, you know. Um... Uh... Changing and moving and stuff. Now, mind you, <laughs> I was going to say, we haven't had a podcast. Let's see. I'm actually going to jump on here and take a peek real fast because I don't know the answer. Um, I feel like it's been like three months. Let's The last time the three of us got together and had a podcast was in April. I think I'm trying to pull this up, but it's not pulling up. Let's see. Let me jump over here. Yeah, almost three months. Yeah, it was in April. So yeah, almost three months. Yeah, because I think we were podcasting. We podcasted right after we got back from Viva. So yes, actually, I think that was the last time. Maybe. <clears throat> Like April. A lot, a lot's happened <laughs> since then. Something. So. Um, what have we been up to? We seen some awesome movies. We are boring ass people. I don't know. We're not really the kind of adventurous kind of people because we usually take our money and we're homebodies. Yeah, I think that's why we work out so well, but yet we clash so well. No, we clash well because you have a bad attitude. But, uh, I, don't have, I don't have a bad attitude, okay? You are a bad attitude. No, no. Yeah. I have very bad anger <clears throat> issues. That's my, my problem. Anyways, <laughs> um, we've been playing Final Fantasy. Trying to catch up. Because we took a break for a while. And the new expansion tax coming out in, what's today? The 6th or the 7th. Technically, it's the 7th. Yeah. So in 12 days, it's coming out. 
Which is awesome. We've been playing for a year. Holy crap. More than that. We played beta. <clears throat> yeah. So more than a year. 2013 was when the beta came out. And then in 2014 is when uh, the actual game came out. So, yeah. I was so pissed off when you got beta and I didn't. The first time. Yeah. Explain. Because, uh, we'll... we'll well, First you got alpha, all. didn't you? I mean, you saw it too late or something like that, so you couldn't register it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got alpha. I had a copy of the alpha, and I'd seen the code too late, but they sent me a code for the beta because I was already registered for the alpha. Uh-huh. So I had the code for the beta, and she didn't get a code for the beta until, like, she's like, you're not going to play the beta without me. <laughs> like, said it like, Skeletor. She's going to summon the demons and shit. But she didn't get the beta until like the last, what, week beta was out? Yeah. And she registered like, I don't know how many emails. And because every time you register your email for the beta, you had to register a device that you were going to use. So she registered my PlayStation, her PlayStation, uh, the, the laptop she has, the desktop she had. <laughs> I registered it all. Damn. Yeah. And then I also got a beta for, uh, well, the alpha for Elder Scrolls, and I saw it too late, and I was pissed. Yeah. She wants to play that, because, I mean, I want to play that, too, but it looks like a really, really good game, and the pre-order's going on for that now, but it's like... First person? No, it's it's not first person, but it's, there's different, the way you play is in first person as a choice, but... You can choose to play in third know. person, but how the hell do people play first person RPGs? Someone tell me this. I don't know. You cannot see shit. Uh uh-uh. uh. Unless for, you had headphones on. Except for you colors. Be, yeah, you wouldn't be able to see anything, but you'd be able to hear everything. If you had head like a good set of headphones on, mm-hmm. or a headset rather, you can hear everything that goes on. Like that's how you guys know. That's how I used to play Call of Duty. So like I could hear people running behind me, turn around real fast, boom, they're dead. So a lot of people that how play do this kind of thing. I don't understand that. I don't listen to sounds like that. 3D directional uh, 7.1 Dolby surround sound. But yeah, it's too much for me. I, I use my eyes for the games. I don't use my ears. <clears throat> so you were li- literally listening? Yeah, I was literally listening. There was a skill even. Okay, check this out. This is how good I was with a headset. There was a skill. It was called um, Ninja or some shit like that. It, was a, it wasn't a skill. It was a perk in Call of Duty and... Because your footsteps were supposed to be silent like a ninja's. And I call bullshit because you can hear people fucking walking around like very lightly. It's like... Like if you were doing a one-on-one, you could hear them walking through the hallways and shit. But you could still hear. Yeah, you could still hear it. It was just lighter. Yeah, it was really, really light. Like you could... Like if you didn't have a head... If you didn't have a headset on, you wouldn't be able to hear it at all. Nah. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, I used to be like really... Anyway, the video game ninja. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And now I've surpassed him with my abilities. It's because I don't play Call of Duty anymore. I'm it don't matter. I don't even it. know anything about Call of Duty. Final Fantasy, I'm better than you and you can't stand it. No. Okay. No. <laughs> That's because you spend time crafting. No, even in everything I, I can get done, you can't. Yeah, because RNG allows it. Okay, RNG just allows it. Yep. Yeah, what? We, we, okay. R- 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 Jesus. Yeah. Well, 
there's this there's this thing that is a, it's like a meme for RPG like MMORPGs. Uh huh. And RNG is random number generated, so like drops and stuff. It's it's called RNG because you don't know what's gonna drop when it's gonna drop. How okay. It's gonna drop. So it's we call it RNG, and we say, oh, RNGesus has has saved the day. If we get something <laughs> that we really need, RNGesus loves me today. Yeah. So that's funny. But I have a different play style than he does, that's for sure. I have a very, very aggressive play style. And she watches me. That doesn't surprise me. That really doesn't. I have a very, very, like, methodical play style. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me either. I, like, plan out everything I'm going to do. Yeah, I don't. I'm like, kill, 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 kill. Yeah, but that doesn't work in your favor. That's why you're constantly dying. No. All I ever hear, all I ever hear, all I ever see in the chat is... Damn it, Hayato! Because that's his character's name. Damn it, Hayato! What the fuck's wrong with you, Hayato? That's all I ever see. I'm like, poor him. I feel so bad for Aaron. He's always getting yelled at. Well, that and the majority of the people that uh, you're always I've... getting yelled at. Everything you I know. Do. It's well, it's not even that. It's because okay, when he doesn't think when he does stuff. That's, I, that's true, but because it's cross-platform, PS3. PS4 and PC. Uh-huh. PS4 wasn't even a factor like back when she she was playing before the PS4 was released. Right. And the jump of processing power that is true. PS3 to a PC I look at- is unparalleled. Now that the PlayStation 4 is out, it's like completely level playing ground when it comes to playing on a console. For her, it's like playing on a PC almost. Yeah, but you know, it's still you still have a disadvantage as on a PlayStation 4 character because you don't have a mouse. That's true. But I like I watch my screen and watch his screen and like something will happen on my screen and then it'll happen on his screen like four seconds later. Yeah. So I have to basically. But when you're a PlayStation Three player, you have to literally overcompensate everything you do, yep. every move you make. You have to plan it ahead of time. That's how you, I've learned to play. I still play that way sometimes. When yeah. are you gonna get a, a four for him? When he gets a job. Yeah, and then I have to buy it for myself. That's right. So she's not gonna get it for me. You should buy it for yourself. I will. You need to buy. Some, you need to get a job and buy it, and you'll feel good about yourself. It'll give you. It'll give you a. What's the word? Confidence. Confidence. Yeah. Since since you brought up the job thing, I'm just going to touch on this real fast. Um, There's not much that I can say because it's in litigation right now. Um, uh, Where do I start? Where do I even – where can I start? I mean, legally, where can I – I'm not at the hospital currently. I think that's that's about as much I think that's what I can can say. Yeah. Yeah. I can say also it's not like I, you know, I'm in trouble for killing a patient or anything no. like that. Um, a lot of silly um, red tape. Yeah. And I can say that. Um, within that, I don't know if we talked about our, our issue with, and I say our, I was talking about, you know, Lacey, myself, and the kids, our issue with the psychopathic. Um, owner of where we were staying, it kind of escalated to a point, and right now we are lucky enough to be staying with Rebecca and Aaron. Um, so that's because our and Jesus allowed it today. Good times, good times. And I will say one of the reasons why we haven't podcast, I think the biggest reason was, and I've kind of touched on this yesterday, you know, just conversation with you, and I touched on it again today, is was I I was kind of depressed, you know? It was, it's, uh, it's, 
it's a man blow is what it is. What it comes down to is it's a man blow. Yeah. Um, I can tell you're depressed because I think you've gained like 20 pounds since you've lived here. Really? Yeah. You don't, you don't, <laughs> oh my God. Okay. He doesn't catch himself, but every time that Zoe Here, daddy, eat, eat this. He eats it. <laughs> and then he goes and makes a meal for himself and then Lacey will make something for him and he'll Here, David, still be eat snacking this. on it. <laughs> Anything that nobody wants, he eats. Plus he eats his own food. <clears throat> That's how I used to be. That I, I am, um. It's not but a, it's okay. It's, it's not okay. a stress eater. It's um You have to fill the void. It's, it's basically like that. Yeah, but when I get depressed I eat. Yeah. yeah. That's just something that I I honestly I didn't realize. I didn't realize it. So that's but, how he is usually like he yeah. here Aaron eat this. I, that's why I stopped like making such big portions for myself. Mm-hmm. So I'd always end up giving him my leftovers. And then he was like gaining weight, so I'm like, no. So with that, I mean, I, I've able to kind of pull myself out of it, get myself out of this rut. Um, it is what it is. Whatever happens, happens. And there's nothing really that I can do. Um, I can say that I was a damn good employee. I was very on cue as a employee. Um, in fact, my work is not in question about this. And and I was saying that you know it's it's more red tape bullshit. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> you know, just have to. It's like back. a shit happens kind of thing. It is. It just kind of you know it, it's like one of those things where you just kind of get your foot caught in a crack kind of thing. Yeah. And I just that's just what happened. And and, and hopefully, because I I have um, you know my union back in me. Hopefully, you know everything will will work out. So that's that's been the big reason why we haven't been podcasting with the the crazy ass owner. And when I say crazy, he was and you guys can back me on this. He was legitimately fucking crazy. Yeah. He, you know, like the, the saying, like people act like they own the place. Uh-huh. He did own the place, but he act like no one lived in it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. And so with that going on, with me losing the job, I just. I've just kind of lost it, but I'm, I'm, I think I'm back. Um, we are still working on the mongers. We are now, because we've been looking for a house for months. Yes. Months and months and months. And that, that's been our biggest downfall with this whole thing is to find a house. So we've decided that we're going to have a house built. And um, that's what's going on. We're, we're planning on doing it this month. We're going to just knock the trailer out, be finished with it, and move on with that as well. Um, let's see. That's pretty much it. That's that's pretty much everything that's it's been going on. You know, Jaden's healthy. He's going into high school. Zoe's fine. She's healthy. Lily's getting big. I seen her. It was cool. We were watching a movie earlier, and... Lacey was kind of laying back on her shirt, so her shirt was pulling against her stomach, and I could actually see Lily turn. That's that's always cool. Hmm. I still I still like the my sister's a monster. Yes. <laughs> um, when we went to have the the ultrasound done, the gender determination ultrasound, they gave us a sneak peek 3D, and um, my daughter Zoe, she 
she that's what she said when she seen Lily on the screen in 3D. She said, you know, my sister's. Well, yeah, because oh. when you do 3D early, all it is is skeletal. Yeah. So it was like a skeleton. Yeah. It was funny though. It was too cute. <clears throat> I would have paid money to see that. Our Lacey said she wished she recorded it, but no one had their cameras recording it. But no. it was funny. It was. It was adorable. Um, so hopefully, kids, we're going to try to get this going. We need to get our feet back into the ground. We need to stabilize ourselves because we are, I think, even with everything that's going on, I still think we're a top-notch podcast. Yeah. And mentally, physically, spiritually, wherever you want to put it, it does something good for us. Yeah. So... Speaking of spiritually, kids, let's go ahead and jump into the first topic. Oh, I've been I've been holding on for this one for a while. You know, there's you you have Muslims, you have extreme Muslims, and then you have those Muslims that are just like, where the fuck did you come from? Today's topic is masturbation could make man's hand pregnant in afterlife, one guy says. What? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <clears throat> you guys really think that's funny because that vein in your forehead is just popping out right now. You see that vein in his forehead? Yeah. It's like a worm. Uh, <laughs> Creepy crawlies. <clears throat> okay. Uh, I haven't had a good laugh in a while. During a question and answer segment on a live television show, a Turkish televangelist warned married men that masturbation could make their hands pregnant in the afterlife. Mashid Shahid Han, an Islamic preacher, made the claim when a caller confessed that he had been masturbating as a married man as well as during the holy pilgrimage. You know, when you got to pull the pud, you got to pull the pud. I don't know what the heck the holy pilgrimage is. Uh, is I think that's it's, like a mission or something. I, I'm thinking it's it's like... Um, like their mission? Like a holiday. I'm oh, thinking. okay. Maybe. Holy pilgrimage. That's a fancy word. Phrase, <laughs> rather. <clears throat> it says... One Hath states that those who have sexual intercourse with their hands will find their hands pregnant in the afterlife, complaining against them to God over its rights. Han responded to the caller. Over its huh? I didn't realize that any part of your body had its own. <laughs> okay, so it gets pregnant, and what 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 rights is it fighting over? Okay, uh, I'll give it to you just the way it's written. It says, One Hoth, Hoth states that those who have sexual intercourse with their hands will find their hands pregnant in the afterlife, complaining against them to God over its rights. That's what it says. Okay. While Hans, or Hans, <coughs> not Hans, he's, he's not French. He's Turkish. Hans would be German. Oh, Hans. My name is Hans. Akhtun. 
Um, Hua Han says that masturbation is a sin and quotes the text as evidence for why that is historically so. He admits that the topic is controversial, one with many varying options. The Hoth, yeah, it's Hoth, Hoth. <laughs> my mind was shot to Star Wars. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, is, the, is it spelled H-O-T-H? A. Uh, um, our collections of teachings of the following is... Uh, wait, hold on. Let me back up. The Hoth are collections of teachings of the Islamic prophet Muhammad. Han uploaded the untranslated video of the segment to his Twitter account. Well, I have the video, but because it's in Turkish, it's kind of pointless. Yeah. So <clears throat> there you go, kids. According to uh, one man's belief through another man's translation, uh, somehow you have uh, the ability to um, embed your hand, hand with – Sperm. And apparently it becomes its own identity and it fights for rights in heaven, rights to what what it's writing for. We don't know. Yeah. Well, to be continued. (laughs) Right. For your right to be. I just want to know what does it like pop out of the the nail beds or how how is it extracted? It's like a little tumor in your hand. I'm a tumor, I'm a tumor, I'm a tumor. Oh, it's, um... Oh, shit. What's that movie? Um, Schwarzenegger. I hated the Maws. Yeah, I hated the Maws. You know, the... the um, oh, shit. What is the name? That's Total Recall, wasn't it? Yeah, but the the creature. You know, oh. the guy opened up in the... Yeah, he's like... Aah! Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck, what is his name? Well, anyway, I forgot too. But. I want to say Guido, but Guido's Star Wars. Yeah, I've been way too in deep with Star Wars lately. But anyway, yeah. <clears throat> so, right, looking up in heaven. You owe me child support, motherfucker. <laughs> Alimony, <laughs> alimony. Oh, worse yet, <clears throat> it's quadruplets. You got a head on each uh, you know, knuckle. <laughs> I was going to say each figure, but that works too. Oh, shit. You got to love that. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Don't don't beat the pud because... It'll get pregnant when you die. Yeah. Uh, never mind. <laughs> I was. It's just one of those things where I'm like, okay, <clears throat> I'm, I'm trying to think it through a logical, you know, try to think of with this guy's. Okay, so realistically through a male's life, the course of masturbation is probably in the hundreds, easily. Well, he only said when you're married. He didn't say anything about being single. That's true. That's true. Okay. I think I've already broken that just being married. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) His favorite hobby. (laughs) That's his job. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I could. Never mind. But here's the thought. But just seriously, okay, even past the, the very thing. <laughs> oh, we made him blush. We made him blush. My, bro- <laughs> My brother is a very big prude. 
you guys don't know that, but he's very, he's approved. He takes it from, he gets it off, uh, he gets it after his mother. No, I, I, again, I'm trying to just put it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just trying to put it in, man. He's trying to put to it put out it of his in. mind so he can concentrate <laughs> and not turn beet red and have his vein pop out of his forehead. Uh, oh, shit. All right. Let me, <laughs> the things, the let me focus you on this. You're choking me with that. So, okay. If, okay. Even if you're married, at least, I don't know. I mean, it's got to be seriously in the hundreds, okay? So does that mean that every time a married man ejaculates, that's gonna once you know? So how? I mean, so you die, you, you have, have like, like five hundred children. Yeah, I was like, every time a man ejaculates, all his sperm becomes his children mm. in the afterlife. So he's got like five million children. They're all fighting over the right for something <sighs> that we don't know what it is. That yeah. <clears throat> that's just one of those things where just like huh it doesn't really make sense it doesn't i don't understand it either it's just how could a how could, okay wait a second yes how could a preacher say that in a, in a religion when it's not part of the religion what do you mean if he just said that just to say that then why would people take that into account if it's not written down anywhere well, he said it's it's part of the teachings of Muhammad. How he's interpreting it, apparently. Yes. Okay, this one now. <clears throat> I'm probably going to get some flack from my uh, from our female listeners, but I really don't like Nancy Grace. I just don't Who like. Who is her. that? Nancy Grace. Is she that blonde lady that's really annoying? Yes, and is always talking crap to people. Mainly about men, yes. Fight with people, yeah. like on the news or something? Yeah, CNN. Oh, okay. Oh, I found, um, it's, she's a, it's on her HLN website, mm -hmm. Nancy Grace, but it's not written by her. But it's just, the name, the, the topic caught my, my attention and caught my imagination. Our second topic of the evening is cops. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you... No? No. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> it says, cops. Woman, 70, stabs neighbor at retirement home. Shit just got real. Okay? Somebody wanted that split pea soup, and then they got fucking shanked. I'm thinking tapioca. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. That's my tapioca. <laughs> Don't make me put my teeth in, damn it. Okay, here's the bulletins. Okay. <clears throat> Sacramento police says Barbara Holland, 70, stabbed her 75-year-old neighbor in the neck after an ongoing dispute. Holland faces, Holland faces an attempted murder charge. The elderly victim was seriously injured. But is expected to survive. That's good. <clears throat> okay, but why? Where, where does it get good? I know. I'm like, I'm waiting for it. <clears throat> it says <clears throat> a 70 year old woman was arrested on attempt attempted murder charge after she allegedly stabbed her neighbor in the neck at a California retirement home. 
Sacramento officers responded to an apartment building regarding an ongoing neighbor dispute that escalated into Barbara Holland stabbing her 75-year-old neighbor with a knife, according to police. CNN affiliate KTXL reports Holland walked to the victim's room across the hall, pulled out a knife, and immediately beginning to begin stabbing until she fled the scene. Officers, officers later arrested Holland in her room without incident, authorities said. The 100-pound suspect was blocked into or booked, sorry, was booked into the Sacramento County Jail without bail. She is expected to appear in the court for initial hearing this week, at which point she will be appointed an attorney, according to court officials. The elderly victim sustained serious injuries that required treatment at a local hospital, according to police, but she is expected to make a full recovery. Authorities have not said what the ongoing argument between Holland and the victim was. They're googly eye on the same old man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm. Now I have to look and see what was... Let me see... I'm going to see if there's any follow-up on this. Because now I'm curious. <clears throat> so, Aaron thinks it's about tapioca pudding. And... Aaron thinks it's about... We'll, we'll generalize it and say food. Okay. I say it's over a man. Uh, uh, do, 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 do. Let's see. I should save all the shit that I find on Facebook. I find so many stories all the time. You should. Let's see. Let's see. Let me do. There we go. Let's see. If that does. Okay, there we go. Pulls her up. She's ugly looking. She's got dementia. You can look in her eyes and tell she's got dementia. Uh, let's see. The stabbing of the neighbor. Woman charged in stabbing retirement home. Stabbing. Stabbing. So she's feeling a little stabby. Stabs, stabs, stabs. How's this guy not dead? The woman. (laughs) Or how's this woman not dead? Uh, okay. So there's no follow-up for some reason. This has been a while, been a few months since this happened. So, if I come across it, I'll, I'll update it. Now, because I want to know. I want to know too. She's not happy though. I'll tell you that. Mm. Very angry. <clears throat> she just wanted to. There it is. There it is. She wanted. She'd been waiting all day. To find out if Luke and Laura was finally going to get together and tie the knot after all these decades, right? She'd been waiting like all week long. She finally rolled herself into the, the room. She turned on her TV. And just as she was about to find out, her neighbor was snoring across the hall so loud she couldn't figure out what was going on. <laughs> So she got so pissed off she forgot she was in a wheelchair. She stood up. 
grabbed a knife and walked across. Where did she get a knife at? That's my other question because they're in a retirement home. They have their own rooms. They don't have like their own apartments. They have rooms. Right. Where the hell did she get a knife from? I don't know. It wasn't a plastic knife, apparently. Or a butter knife. I mean, I've worked in my fair share of nursing homes. You can get a butter knife. Yeah. There's no steak knives. No. So that must have really hurt. If, if she got stabbed by a butter knife, that sucked. How could a 100-pound woman have enough force to stab somebody that hard to, like, almost kill them? She really wanted to find out what was going to happen with Luke and Laura. That's what it was. Or she find, she she found out that after watching Golden Girls <laughs> for so many years on TV land because it shows so the, 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 the mom died at the end? Yeah. Wiggle the wiggle your cord. Just a Me. Bit. Is it you? Yeah, it is. <clears throat> now, what were you saying about the Golden Girls? I was going to say, after watching so many reruns <clears throat> of Golden Girls on TV Land for so many years, she finally figured out at the end the mom died. <laughs> I didn't remember. She, she has dementia, so she, she, didn't, she didn't remember she died. She found out all over again. Yeah. And every time <clears throat> there was something that happened, there had to have been. Or why else would she be in a retirement home? She probably tried to strangle one of her children or something. Killed the dog the second time she found out. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean she's been dead for 20 years? <laughs> That's funny you say about killing the dog. Because our next topic, and I'm not going to show you this picture, because I know that you're both uh, very adamant about animals. animals. This one just caught my attention. And it's called Zombie Cat Claws Way Out of Grave. I've Five seen that, I've seen that after, picture. I uh, have you. Yeah, the after cat didn't being, die, poor baby. After being buried alive. <clears throat> it's a horrific cat. I mean, the, it just. We had a discussion about this story, and we both think that, that the neighbor knew the cat wasn't dead. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, well, let me read through it because I only read the, right. the headline, so I don't know what's going on. It says, the mangled hellcat pictured above has had a shitty week. First, the cat named Bart was hit by a car. Then, thinking the cat was dead, Bart's owner buried him. But Bart wasn't dead. Five whole days later, Bart, his face half gone, one eye ruined, reportedly emerged from his grave and wandered into the neighborhood or neighbor's yard. Maybe it was... I'm confused. Okay, go ahead and read it. He had dug himself out of the grave and slowly made his way back home. Um, yet weak and dehydrated and in need of medical attention, the Humane Society told ABC7 in Tampa Bay, Florida. The owner took the cat to Tampa Bay Humane Society where Bart will have his... Broken jaw wired, his left eye removed, and feeding tube inserted. Despite an extensive injuries, veterinarians at the Humane Society expects Bart to survive. <clears throat> and it's just, it's... Maybe I'm thinking of something different. I mean, I did hear about the zombie cat. I think I'm thinking of a different story. And then someone down here thought it was funny. They took a close-up of the cat, and it says... Still got eight lift, bitch. Uh, um, yeah, there's nothing really much to talk about. It's just it was just you know zombie cat. I mean, yeah. just the thought. 
do you think a human could have that type of wherewithal to dig know. for five days to get out of the you know out of being buried? I don't know. The nice thing about this for him, seriously, and I'm not being funny, is he was probably buried in like a a shoebox or something. Yeah. So he had all that open room, open space. So when he stood up, you know, it kind of just probably folded and he was able to dig him way out. Yeah. Yeah. But still, five days, that's that's pretty torturous, even for an animal. Okay, let's see. What else do I have for our... Uh, let's see. Zombies are real, people. They are here. <laughs> uh, let me see, let me see, let me see. Oops. Let's see. <clears throat> Give them something a little bit new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> To, to work with here. Uh, do we want to talk about how this lady, how she laughed her way out of porn? Laughed? Laughed. What? That's what it says. All right. She wins. It says, meet the funniest porn star on earth. Alia? A-L-I-A. Aaliyah. Aaliyah. Uh, Aaliyah Janine. <clears throat> she's got big boobs, but she's not attractive. So I guess that's why she had to be funny, huh? Most of the time, it's not even about <clears throat> being attractive. <laughs> yeah. Well, you watch very much porn. I don't. Half of those females aren't attractive. They I, just have good-looking vaginas and... Bleach, Bleach buttholes. buttholes. <laughs> See? Stop thinking the way I think. <laughs> well, assuming that 90s porn must be different from today's porn. Oh, yeah? Are you sure that's when you stop? <laughs> I'm pretty certain. Or is that just what you have in your collection? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, Lacey would never let him have a collection. We know this. No. You've okay. got nerd porn, I'm just saying. What? So you've got nerd porn, I'm just saying. Nerd porn? <laughs> um, okay, it says, porn and jokes. What would make our sex life be... Hold on, let me try that again. Porn and jokes. What would our sex lives be without them? From a back office closet at the Huffington Post, we sat down with porn star turned comedian uh, what did you say her name was? Aaliyah. Aaliyah Janine. To find out which which professional profession is filled with more dicks. Janine, born in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, was an exotic dancer out of high school while also working as a security guard and an armored car driver. Really? At 30... She took the plunge into adult cinema. In the four-year blitz, she starred in more than 150 titles, shorts, and features like Boobanger 7, Milf Tells 3, 
Boobaholics, Anonymous 7, and Titty Sweat 2. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, they don't really put a whole lot of creative <laughs> <Did> names. <laughs> Titty Sweat. You get that just walking out <laughs> on the street during summer. Why is that a porno name? Wait a second. Pleasuring yourself on camera might be hard, but standing on stage telling jokes about those eye-stinging money shots is even harder. Janine now works at the club at clubs in New York and Los Angeles. She recently hosted Cutthroat Comedy at New York's Cutting Room. It's my phone. Oh, somebody calling? <laughs> it's a notification. I'll go away in a minute. Oh, okay. It's okay. I don't know if you guys can hear this, but it's the Imperial March going on in the background. Mm-hmm. It's the, rock the metal version. version. Um, the rock version. So she's recently hoded, host hoded. <laughs> she hoded oh, all right. Uh, she recently hosted Cutthroat Comedy at New York's Cutting Room, where porn stars and comics team up for an event of fleshlights and fun. Now, here's the scary thing. I know what a flashlight is. Have you ever used one? No, I've never seen one in person, but I know no. what they are. Look at him. He can't even say that. Oh, my God. I think my brother's 12. I swear for now he must be 12 years old. Why? Why? What, what's a flashlight? I, I don't know. I, I know what they are, but I haven't seen one. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen what they look like. I know. I'm just, I like to tease you because you're like, you can't even say it with a straight face. No. Nah. Like, it's funny. To me, it's funny. Okay. You and your mom are too similar. So they are, right? He acts so much like her. Just when it comes to this kind of stuff. No, they have a lot, they have a lot of similar ways. She wears up and down that you're just like your father, but you're, you're a lot like Okay, her. you disagree. Too, but anyway. My what? Your expressions, too. <laughs> that little... I don't <laughs> that know. face. I know, they have the same face when they do that. It says, listen to our embedded podcast above and head over to iTunes to rate the review. That's just a cheap plug. Uh, you can Your continued support allows them to – that's just a more special thanks to producer, more plug. Um, let's see. I think she got enough plug to go around. I mean she was an ex-porn star apparently. And that's pretty much and A it. lot of titty sweat. <laughs> I get that just sitting down. What the fuck? <laughs> you need to make a porno about that. Oh, it's like, come on now. Hello, technology. That helps me. I can't turn this off either. Hold on. I'm there Hello we go. to Titty Swift. <laughs> I was going to go to another article, but it just wouldn't let me. Yeah, so it doesn't even really say as to why she was the funniest, you know, porn star. It just was a whole bunch of plugs, you know. That's. I want to thank the little people, and, mainly the and large the big ones. ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <clears throat> All right, kids, let's go ahead and let me find it. You know. I, I was sitting there thinking about this real fast. You know, in when we did the mongers, we we kind of ripped from Deliverance. You remember, and there was a, a scene where 
you know the guy in both Deliverance and the Monger. He's like squeal, pig, squeal. You know that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, my final story of the night kind of brings that full circle because tonight's <laughs> final is seventy-seven-year-old man caught on tape violating a pig. Squeal, pig, squeal. What is he in Arkansas? Uh, we're about to find out. Oh, you're close. Oklahoma. Oh, you're close. Yes, Oklahoma. Oh, that was my second choice. <laughs> it says a 77-year-old man in southern Oklahoma has been charged with crimes against nature in connection with an incident in which he allegedly violated a pig. It says Jimmy Hawkeye. Uh, let's see. J E T E R. Jitter? Jetter? Header? Jetter. Jetter. Okay, so Jimmy Hawkeye Jetter of Davison was arrested Thursday after a camera allegedly caught him sexually assaulting a show pig. According to the occurrence in the agricultural barn of the property belonged to the Davis Public School, the police said. And, according to court documents obtained by KFOR-TV, Jeffer walked into the pig pen, unzipped his pants, and appeared to pull something out of his pants. (laughs) Appeared to pull something out of his pants. Okay. He then bent over. He found himself a female pig. Questioned by police about his alleged illegal activities, Jeffers denied having sexual intercourse with that pig. I just stuck my finger up her private. That's all I did, Jeffers said, according to the police. The man also allegedly admitted he was sexually gratified by the incident and he told police he in quotes did this in his early 70s jeffers has had a pre- <clears throat> excuse me jeffers has had a previous criminal record and has served prison time in 2008 for cattle theft and he was arrested in 2011 for allegedly stealing a horse Hmm. According to the Kansas City Fox News Channel 4, Jeffers has been charged with the undesirable and abomination crime against nature for the latest incident and was booked into the Murray County Jail. Let's see. All I did... Was finger the pig. And that's okay. That's supposed to be okay. Uh, he, was, he was probably thinking that reminded him of his fifth wife. <laughs> oh, Marjorie. Where have you been all these years? Apparently, he has a thing for livestock. Stealing horses and cows and molesting pigs out of school. What was he even doing? How did he get in the school? Was he a 
school worker. Was he a janitor? <clears throat> he was probably a janitor. Probably. Oh my god. You know. Well, I. I, I <laughs> Uh, I just I can only see you know he was caught by a, a kid yeah you know yeah. he was caught by a kid kid walked in there real fast what are you doing oh I'm not doing nothing sweet sweet <laughs> bacon the kid goes home mommy why was Mister so and so doing the pig why was he humping that pig yep next day you know they show up he gets called in the office Jeffers have a seat son. Son, this man's 77 years old. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mr. Jeffers, have a seat there, right there in front of the desk right there. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, young Jimmy there, he, uh, he, his mom and Paul called me last night. I, I was right in the middle of supper, and he called me. He, he said that young Jimmy seen you diddling a, a, a pig. And I said, Mr. Jeffers... He's a stained part of this academic curriculum in this school. <laughs> the words are too big for you. I can't. A curriculum. A curriculum. That's probably the way they say it, too. To rob back a different. Okay, let me. <clears throat> Don't know. It's on a roll, too. <laughs> I was trying to hold back the laughing. <clears throat> Is this true? Did you did you diddle a pig? Well, no, sir. I, I didn't. I, I just, you know, she looked a little dirty down there, so I just kind of wiped her clean. That's all I did. Is it? Is it weird that I picture like Bill Cosby popping in and like I, I just did live the big too? <clears throat> no, because if Bill Cosby was involved, a roofie would be involved, <clears throat> right? Yeah, and the roofie was. <laughs> <clears throat> so, so you you're saying that you did not have sexual relationship with that pig? Well, no, sir, no, sir, not at all, no, no, you know, you, you just sometimes, sir, uh, you just, you, you, you gotta have that bacon, sir. Like, he was just fingering his bacon. That's all there was to it. It's like testing the waters, man. He's like, I gotta make sure it's okay to cut up before I eat it out. You see, sir. He he wasn't or she wasn't that plump, so I gotta have to kind of fill up and make her a little bit more plump. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. How the fuck did your voice, your accent go from like Texan? No, first I was like Oklahoman, then it Texan. Now it's Louisiana. We're all the way at Louisiana right now. He's Cajun. Did you hear him? Mm-hmm. He's turning into Gambit. Like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, baby, right now. I love his accents because they always go like they they never stay the same. They like escalate. It's like Mexican Canadian all over again. Oh, your goodness, Taco Belly, Taco Belly, Taco Belly. <laughs> oh, okay, kids. I I think I'm a I'm a little too out of it. Oh, I gotta finish my story. Never mind. Um, so. <laughs> Here we go again. 
No, that's that's enough for this week, kids. <clears throat> uh, I hope you enjoyed our our We've little busting out or busting nuts. We don't know which one at this point. <laughs> oh, my ribs are hurting. Busting bacon <laughs> or curing the bacon. <laughs> like I said, he's testing the waters. Yeah, you see, sir, you go and you. You you go and you put a little salt on the back end and you plump it up and you. Are get we in it. France now? What the fuck? <laughs> we straight jumped over the to another continent. It wasn't even like a state jump. It was a continent jump. <laughs> now see, you must build up the big and you build up the jackhammer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <clears throat> All right, come back next week, kids, and we're going to have some more fun. For this week, I am David K. Montoya. I'm Rebecca C. Lofgren. And I'm Aaron Illich. Squeal, pig! Squeal! <laughs> or you might be seeing red. Good night. You know, I really wish, as a podcaster, I wish that uh, we could have been able to, to do the seeing red show, but it just. It, it wasn't conducive. Um, I live here in California. They live in Las Vegas, and it was just it, it just didn't work. Um, maybe one day in the future uh, we'll be able to get back together. But damn, man, we we did some funny things. That was that was really good. Um, <laughs> I remember the guy who uh, who was uh, saying that you can impregnate your hand. Uh, just the theory in itself just doesn't make sense to me but yeah it was a good show very good show i hope you all enjoyed the three uh episodes that we pulled up this week come back next week we will do it all over again and don't forget if you have any ideas for themed shows drop me a line flashback underscore fridays at jazelmon.com and let me know All right, kids, so you guys have a great first week of November, and I'll see you next week. So, for Flashback Fridays, I am David K. Montoya, and I'll see you next time right here on Flashback Fridays.